quarter to three movie podcast for Wonder Woman. My name is Tom Chick. I am here with Christian Irman Marinskapur. I am a, I am a, I am a podcast. I'm a podcaster. I am a podcaster. Not sure what that was, Dingus. You might have to explain. He's got the rope on him. That's right. Oh, I got it. Yeah, it, it I speak Wonder of, Woman. Right, that sort of required a prop, though, but I got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also have with us, with a Wonder Woman tagline or two, maybe three, <laughs> sometimes we even get a fourth, Kelly Wand. Not from the author of Prometheus. Is that true? He didn't write it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just checking. What else do you got? That would be funny if it was, and that's the tagline. That would be a and it's even on the poster, and it's right next to his name on the poster. It's kind of tricky, right? It's very Trumpy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's like Captain America, but with a shield. <laughs> Wait, why are you denigrating Captain America's shield that way? It's a weird weapon. It kind of implies I'm gonna I'm gonna get hit. I better have protection for myself. It's not as heroic. And then I'm gonna throw the protection away, right? Yeah, or if, yeah, he hits people with Using it, it offensively. Yeah, exactly. Is that would be like taking off your helmet and beating someone with it. Or it's like Thor using his hammer as a shield. Right. Like, he's like hey, don't hit me. Like he's cringing behind it. Kelly Wan, is there a third tagline that Wonder Woman might consider using for their future marketing efforts? Amma's a donk-a-donk. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? It's empowering. Thing is, don't pretend you didn't enjoy that one. Yeah, he he sounded angrily silent <laughs> out of amusement. <laughs> uh, are there more, or did, that seems like a, a last one? That's a good one to end on. Dingus, don't spoil anything because we might have listeners who haven't seen this movie yet. So before we get into spoilers, just give them the basics. Dingus. Hey, I had another tagline. Oh, I thought you said you were done, and you were gonna. I, okay, I said it four. This better be better than the last one. Go. Yeah, this one's Five. bringing up the rear. Ah, see? This is the Ewan Brimner of taglines. See, he said he didn't like the line, but look what he just did. Uh, finally, it's women's turn to get upstage by CG. All right. I like the badonka That's what Dingus was saying. <laughs> now, Dingus, all that stuff I did before, don't spoil anything. Talk to the listeners. Go. All right. Well, this week we saw Wonder Woman. Well, two. What do you mean, well? I saw it a few weeks ago. You, I, just, oh. I saw it, it open. You jokers are bringing up the rear. That's worth a well. 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 Uh, this week we saw Wonder Woman, a 2017 American action-adventure fantasy superhero DC Comics Justice League universe origin story movie <sighs> about how, when it comes to pleasure, men are not necessary. It was directed by Patty Jenkins mm. and written by Alan Heinberg with story credit to Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> also, story credit to Alan Heinberg and Jason Fuchs based on character created by William Moulton Marston. Mm-hmm. They like uh, that. Uh. What a great name, William Moulton Marston. The Marston House. Yeah. That actually makes – do you guys know who Linda Moulton Howe is? No. That too obscure, crazy UFO chick? All right. Never mind then. Just what? Just think of that. She has three names and she's a UFO chick? Yeah. She has yeah. three letters? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so I just thought the middle name Moulton is just what made me think of that. That's uh, what made the aliens think of her. 
She's big with aliens. Yeah. All right. So I'm sorry, Dingus. So those were the writers. Carry on. I apologize. <laughs> Who's in this with, movie, Dingus? <laughs> she's big with aliens. Uh, yeah. I don't know. How do you say the name of the star of this movie, Tom? Uh, it rhymes with Stoat. Gal Gadot. You yeah, oh, really? Israeli, so you hit the T. Hit that T. Don't think it's French. Hit Gal that T. I always say Gal Gadot. Don't do oh, that. I any part of it. That's like, Dingus, how would you like if someone mispronounced your last name? Come on. Yeah, and, no, that's embarrassing. I don't know. I'd have to come up with something every week if that were the case. <laughs> All right. Ten was tied around you. Yeah. So Gil Gadot, Chris Pine. No, it's Pinay. Connie Nielsen. Oh, Chris Pinay. <laughs> Connie Nielsen. Robin Riggett. Uh, Saeed Tagmui. I'm just going to say his name because I like his name. Oh, that is, uh, a good is he the uh, voice matter with Michael Jackson man guy? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's the dude from Three Kings. I love that guy so much. What were we going to say? Me? He's another UFO abductee. (laughs) I don't think Linda Moulton Howe is abducted by a UFO. She just knows about people who were. Seriously, listen to Coast to Coast, like George Norrie and stuff. can't believe you don't know who Linda Moulton Howe is. Hmm. Disappointing Hmm. in you. Anyway, Saeed Tegmui, Lily Estelle, and Emily Carey. Uh, Wonder Woman is rated PG-13 hmm. for sequences of violence and action and some suggestive content. Okay. <laughs> Kelly, want anything missing there? Oh, uh, I have a special guest who wanted to read it. It's uh, really exciting that he's here. It's the DC Cinematic Universe MVP, Kevin Costner. <laughs> What? <laughs> Superman's dad. Awesome. Yeah, Superman's dad's going to read the Wonder Woman parents. <laughs> the parental advisor, because he is a yeah. parent. Kevin Costner plays a parent in the DC Universe. Who better? You know, Diane Lane maybe, but otherwise. He's also the head of the Department of Housing for the MPAA. <laughs> so he's pretty He's got creds. <laughs> Hang on. All right. This is very exciting. A man is seen emerging from a pool naked, a close frontal shot showing him bare-chested, and a long frontal shot with only his hands covering his privates. <laughs> Kevin Costner, he got, Kevin Costner, you're getting the right movie, which is more than Ben Foster has done for us. <laughs> These are the parts I saw. Are you the talking about parts of the movie in. or parts of the deed? The, the heroine walks in and stares unabashedly and carries on a full conversation till he puts on a towel. <laughs> God didn't bull Durham. <laughs> a prolonged conversation references sleeping with women outside of marriage. <laughs> Both remain fully clothed during the talk. <laughs> Wonder Woman's costume has a short skirt. (laughs) Does not cover up any of her leg. Man makes a comment, I don't know if I'm aroused or afraid. After Wonder Woman beats up another man. Meant for humor. My hooker and I didn't notice anything else questionable. Goodbye. Thanks, Kev. Yeah, that's not the door. All right. Bye, Dougie. That's so great that you get so many celebrities visiting you out there, Kelly Wand. They really love this part of the podcast. It's the only part they listen to. They're, they're super into it. Well, yeah, it's for the children. They don't want to write in for the three-by-threes, so they 
but they're making some contribution. That's important. I Maybe love that each children. I love that Kelly can call him Kev. Oh, I don't think he heard me. Oh, right. Also, he calls me that too. Wonder Woman opened at number one with a hundred and three million dollars. Uh, it is. However, the fifth well, yeah, not however. Uh, this this fact stands alone. It is the fifteenth highest comic book movie opening of all time. <laughs> it is the only one with a female lead, like a yeah. female character. What's and this that? is the furthermore, this is the highest opening of all time for a movie directed by a woman. That's good. If that's what Electra Electra doesn't count because she's a villain. Uh, Electra was did not open in the top fifteen. Oh no, I see. But, yeah, she would be way down the list, probably closer to Catwoman. No, but when you said it was the only superhero girl movie. Oh, sorry, in the top fifteen. Right, right. Yeah, there are oh. other superhero. Everything oh, above, okay. everything number one through number fourteen is either a dude in the lead or an ensemble. Um, although Suicide Squad, which is higher, I would argue that Margot Robbie is the well. Is that a Will Smith movie? It's an ensemble. Yeah, it is an ensemble. But Margot Robbie is the only one I really remember in that one. Um, I know. It should have just been her character. So as far as the DC Universe, this comes in behind Suicide Squad and Batman vs. Superman. However, uh, we're recording this after its third weekend. Uh, Wonder Woman has, uh, no pun intended, remarkably long legs compared to – Suicide Squad and Batman vs. Superman. Those movies opened with a higher opening weekend, but had a much steeper drop-off. Wonder Woman is doing very, very well with retaining numbers. Like It's not having as significant a drop-off. Its, it's lack of drop-off is notable. So Wonder Woman looks like it's in it for the longer haul. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see her, her overall gross higher than stuff, maybe like Suicide Squad, maybe higher than Man of Steel. We don't know. We'll find out. Uh, Metacritic, which is the average of various ratings, she's at 76. Rotten Tomatoes, 7% of the reviews are negative. Oh. So a hefty 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Cinema score, of course. Uh, she gets an A, which is the same grade as that Kate Mara movie where she saves a dog from Iraq. Idiots love this stuff. They just give it their A. So. <laughs> Kelly Wand. That's top 15? That is what? Kate Marwin's not in the top fifteen. That's it's like not a, a well. I, I I would well. I was going to say it's not a superhero movie, but Megan Levy maybe she is a superhero in our hearts. Kelly Wand is Lois Lane a superhero because she's a journalist, like a hard hitting. Mm, right? Are Woodward and Bernstein superheroes? They like is is all the President's Men a comic book movie? Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. See. Well, you know, Kelly Wand, we'll have a superhero journalist in a couple of weeks here with Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh, yeah. So. Well, it's the guy who takes the pictures, the journalist, though. Photojournalism. It's a word. Does he write the article? I don't think Spider-Man's a writer. You know, we'll find out. Maybe they'll, that'll be something that's, that's laid out. In the, is this an origin story, even? It's probably not, is it? We're skipping past yeah. that with this Spider-Man, right? I mean, he's well, already he's originated. He's again, though. But he's already originated in the last that Marvel. I think they're going to blow that off, hopefully. Really? That's what I think. I'm going to guess they're coming in like it's Spider-Man in progress. Like Homecoming. That's what I'm saying. Oh, oh, right. right. In origin. I think they're going to blow it I love Spider-Man in progress as a thing. Because I think think that in Civil War, they did the origin story. Yeah. They just did it in a scene. 
We knew what we needed to find out. Exactly. Yeah. We already right. know it. That's the thing. Like Batman's Although, thing. Is isn't it? A, isn't it time for another movie about someone getting bitten by a radioactive spider? I mean, I feel like we haven't had one in a while. That's a good point. Yeah. It's about time for a black twice. Yeah. Kelly Wand, I need. I have some questions about Wonder Woman. I'm hoping you can answer them by giving us a Wonder Womopsis. Hmm. <laughs> you not. You don't sound impressed. Uh. You hear the title in it. <laughs> All right. Whatever it's called, rock and roll. Let's find out. An animated green lantern raises his middle finger at us. The ring on it squirts the letters CG, which morph into the letters DC. It's like the Marvel logo, but an acronym for something. A glowing golden rope lassos the DC logo and gives a hard yank, splattering CG all over a pair of armored boobs that rapidly expand and explode into milk that says, Wander Wopsis. Ah, I was close. See, Wander. A convoy of Batman-colored armored trucks that say Wayne Enterprises on the side drive onto some tarmac. Some guys in hazmat suits get out and irritably drag forth a bunch of chests that contain an email attachment that Wonder Woman clicks open on her laptop. It's a sepia-toned picture of her and Chris Pine from World War I. On the back of the email are handwritten the words, I bet taking this photo took almost as long as watching Batman v Superman. Lols, Affleck. P.S. Tell me your story in voiceover in case I don't make it to your movie. A lot of reshoots this week, Len. <laughs> week, Len. You know me. She smiles affectionately at her start menu and says with her mind, Mankind, I used to want to save them by using my fighting skills. So now I work at the Louvre for the French government? Is this my office? I wonder how long I will look 26. Anyway, here in this montage is where I grew up. Paradise Island. Or as Kelly Bond calls it, Paradise Island. <laughs> we cut to an island with webbed and leather miniskirts in slow motion doing synchronized gymnastics, shooting heart-shaped arrows in each other's cleavage, squirting suntan lotion in each other's butts, riding mechanical bulls, having blood-drenched pillow fights, crumping, and swallowing corn dogs whole along with the sticks in even slower motion. But it wasn't always sexy. Before the Big Bang, Zeus made men. But then Ares, the god of war, made them annoying to one another. And so we hid our island behind Fog CG, like the King of Kong. <laughs> and we trained endlessly in all types of combat possible on horseback. Vowing that fun day, we would actually fight someone. Wonder Woman's a little girl. She keeps trying to jump off cliffs, but a blonde woman keeps catching her and throwing her back. Another blonde woman shakes her head, scowling. My mother was elected queen for beheading my grandmother and also for her convictions that Ares is probably dead now from natural causes or a bad tooth. But my aunt taught me how to fight in secret. One of them is from House of Cards and one is a gladiator woman. I just call them both Cersei. Also, this is the best sword on the island. They call it the God Killer. It hangs in this room doing nothing. The mom sits in her abalone shell waterbed trying to read Fingersmith while 10-year-old Wonder Woman's all, Mama, how was I made? <sighs> like I already told you six nights this week, Zeus threw clay into my uterus and I shaped it into you by looking at comic book covers. Mama, what is all these funny rubber and leather toys in your closet next to this man with a ball gag in his mouth? Are they ball clubs? Yeah, sure. The next day, the mom catches her sister training Wonder Woman by knocking her over a bunch of times. 
angrily the mom saw Diana go off screen. (laughs) (laughs) Training an Amazon to fight Wilma? (laughs) Guard, spank her at once. The ants all. What? She whined at me all day. Who has an answer for that? The mom's all. Then you shall train her ten times harder than necessary. Five times. Until she's the most wonderstruck woman at Harsh. <laughs> until she's the most wonderstruck woman at horse archery and wrestling the world has ever wished had shown more skin. <laughs> the next day, Wonder Woman's 26. She duels her aunt by screaming while her bracelet parts <laughs> she. The duel's called a draw, and Wonder Woman celebrates by running to a cliff where she watches Chris Pine fly, fly a biplane around over the ocean. He's not very good and soon crashes. As his plane sinks beneath the waves, he's all, Wait till you see me swim! He gets his fly stuck in a propeller and begins promptly sinking to the ocean floor. Wonder Woman dives off a cliff into the water and super swims his way. Although she's pretty deep underwater, she somehow comes down for him from the surface, then carries him and his plane to shore. She's all, I'm Savantha Woman. Are you a man? He's all, why do people keep asking me that? <laughs> Suddenly a bunch of skiffs and longboats that were somehow keeping up with Pine's plane burst from the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Pine squints handsomely and spits Germans The sold out German audience around me cheers excitedly (laughs) (laughs) A German girl in Wonder Woman cosplay dirndl stands up and goes Finally a movie for us Wonder Woman saw. I only speak 600 languages. What is German? Mine's all. Okay, Buttercup, allow me to mansplain. I'm a good guy, and they're the bad guys. Everything else classified. Get down! He shoots at Diana and dives for cover behind some seaweed. Although Germans have a fairly robust and venerable myth revolving around hot women warriors quick with a javelin called Valkyries, at the sight of Diana's relatives showing up on horseback, their inner Wagner suddenly deserts them, and they all start focus-firing Wonder Woman's aunt. (laughs) (laughs) And ignoring Pine, that's the part I didn't get. They don't give a shit about Pine anymore. It's going to kill us. Naked ladies. <laughs> Although the aunt was the one who taught Diana everything she knows about fighting, she doesn't make it past the first bullet. <laughs> the Wonder Women kill the Germans off-screen bloodlessly and feast on their corpses. Then make Chris Pine kneel before Wonder Woman while all the other women surround the two of them and grunt excitedly. Wonder Woman's all. My magic rope makes anyone it coils around tells the truth. That is your job. I'm a spy in this uh, and most things. Uh, I want to have sex with most of you and also those fish and that tree over there. Germans, please, it burns. I didn't tie the rope around you yet. 
good actor. Pine shrugs and t- goes off to take a bath in a blue cave. <laughs> they just let him go. As he stands up naked, Wonder Woman comes in and goes, Are you a typical member of your sex? Pine's all, Did you see this means war? Which, by the way, your thing with John Hammond and Galifianakis, keeping up with the Joneses, is a pale patient of, frankly. <laughs> God, I was good in that. You know how hard it is to act like I wanted to fight over Reese Witherspoon? Phil, I shall call you Chris Pine. So what's your deal? What's the woman part referred to? I'm the bridge to another world und franchise. (laughs) That's his response. She looks down at him and goes, what is that thing wrapped around your wrist that keeps ticking and has numbers written on it? Oh, this? That's my penis. Hmm. What about that thing dangling between your legs right above your ball sack that is leaking pre-cum? Oh, that's my watch. Here, touch it. So you pull that out, twist this to wind it. No, the watch, you idiot. Ugh. By the way, I work for British intelligence. That's this British accent, brah. Learned it from watching Harrison Ford in K-19, The Widowmaker. Anyway, your island sucks. I'm leaving. Besides, I got to get this German chemist woman's diary to the British Parliament cigar room ASAP. Late. She's all. <laughs> One of those words must mean Ares, god of war. Amazon's hate war. I will come at you and prove it by killing thousands of men. He spits his gum out on the cave wall, smirks, burps, and walks off. Wonder Woman's all. I'll just show him. And steals her grandma's shield pillow. Then jumps across the chasm, starts to slide down the tower surface, screaming in terror. Luckily, she uses her fingernails as pitons to climb the wall and steal the god <laughs> Down by the pier, Chris Pine looks up from untying his boat's rope to see Wonder Woman flouncing his way downhill with her sword and shield. He's all, great. <laughs> Suddenly, Wonder Woman's mom and an extra ride up on ponies. Wonder Woman's all, I'm leaving, Maza. This your sword to fight Ares is the Chris Pine character. <laughs> what does Ares look like? Never mind, I will use my women's intuition. Bunt of woman's intuition. The mom's all. I knew you'd try for the sword, Diana. That's why I made attempting to get it so fatal. Here, she hands her a zirconia W. The mom's all. This belonged to someone and means something about the past. Also, you can never return here for some reason. No exceptions. <laughs> we'll see. Bye. <laughs> that night on the raft, fine. <laughs> Jesus. Here, this is called spooning. Not like that. Get off me, lady. I'm not Efron. <laughs> hey, which way do you think London is from here? Ah, fuck it. Where am I? Greece? This will be there in the morning. Wait a minute. I just realized we could have taken one of the German boats. Good thing the Germans hopefully aren't looking for their mysteriously lost companions in these waters. Hey, do you guys have sex on your island? Oh, you mean reproductive biology? Yes, of course. It involves Zeus and clay. I read all 12 volumes, but most of us prefer the showerhead or the vicar man. Good night. Pine sighs and makes his usual expression. When they get to London, Pine has his pet fatty take Wonder Woman to Montgomery Ward, so her beauty and poise won't embarrass him in front of his Tory friends. 
Wonder Woman puts on some petticoats that fit perfectly, stares at herself with the beer, then tries to kick the fat girl in the face a couple of times. <laughs> no. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Sinks training. After a few tries, she's all, shit, how do you feminine fight in this? There's a lingerie. That is best for strangling and poison. The friends all, Oi, dearie, nice baps on you, but don't get your knickers in a twist. And me rumpy pumpy when you're good and knackered will throw a spanner at me and a bit parky out, like sweet Fanny Adams with me dog's danglies. He's such a cack-blighty plonker, that is. God rest her minch. Wonder Woman agrees and buys the clothes with something. Later outside. Oof, I can stop bullets with my wrists from whichever direction they are fired. But you do not understand by my sword they'll not fit inside this revolving door. That seems impossible. <laughs> so where was my sword doing the wardrobe montage? Affectionately, Pine's all. Wonder Woman, you lunkhead. Pine and the fat girl fold their arms and shake their heads at each other and vice versa. Pine's all. That sword doesn't go with that outfit, you chimp. And the shield totally clashes with your nipples. Pine and Wonder Woman make the fat girl carry the sword and shield across town and stand somewhere holding it. <laughs> Empowering. Meanwhile, a German chemist lady with a white mask over her lip CG makes Danny Houston watch her spray orange smoke all over a gas mask encased in glass. The ladies all, look, the smoke is wrinkling the mask. It's the most devastating PG-13 gas ever <laughs> used off screen. <laughs> Houston's all, huh, I'm a Nazi in this. Or wait, <laughs> <laughs> Prussian? Some made-up comic book word? The mask lady's all, here's the smelling salt of restore your strengths. Huh? Wait, I'm not weak. I've done nothing today. Hang out in your lab. Ignoring him, she cracks a pellet under his nose, makes him cough a bit, and puts CG in his cheeks for a couple seconds. <laughs> then he loses interest. Meanwhile, in London, Pine takes Wonder Woman to a PG-13 cigar room to meet his government official friends. Hey, guys, look what gave me mouth-to-mouth after I crashed into some dumbass ocean. <laughs> My name is Diana, princess of the Amazon, bridge to another world, thousand points of light. Uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, she means to say her secret identity name is Diana Prince Bridge Points. <laughs> And as you all know, my real name is Steve Travorkianstein, heir to the recliner. He means to say his name is Steve Chair. An old man in a top hat with button chops standing by a map table is all. A woman! Good God, sir! He starts vomiting in the background while David Thewlis glues on a mustache and simpers closer going. Hello, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. And your charming friend here. <laughs> and also this lady you brought. <laughs> Pines all. You still talking about her? Bro, check out this sweet book I stole from a flashback. <laughs> then I blew up the building it was in by dropping a screwdriver on it from inside a plane I stole by kicking a guy. Such an awesome spy. My name ought to be Chris Spine. 
Thulis opens the notebook, shuts it instantly, and goes, This book could change the course of the war. It says they're about to use gas on the village of Third Axberg. I'm afraid we don't care. If we didn't let them gas people, the Germans might not sign the armistice. That's why we moved those people into the village, so they could get gassed. Wonder Woman's all. Then I am more motivated than ever to fight on your side. I will attack the gas with my sword and rope and wrist CG. This out you. Or this you. She jumps up and launches herself off the map table to the door and walks out. Pine catches her on the stairs and whispers, Wonder Woman, we're going to go anyway. I guess we're the only two people who care how this war turns out. So let's go get three more people. They're at a bar nowhere near here. Pine takes her to a PG-13 body tavern where no one smokes and they only serve near beer. (laughs) Pine's all, Diana, I'd like you to meet my only three friends. The first friend's all, me superpowers lose in fistfights. He punches himself in the face and goes into a coma. An ethnic type, Saul. Ha! My superpower is wanting to be an actor. Preferably a bit part in some CG fest. The goofy guy from Train Spotting, Saul. My superpower is singing and also holding a sniper rifle occasionally and zoning out. Pine's all. Guys, this is Wonder Woman. We hooked up after my plane crashed on an island of women, like Bachelor in Paradise and I Dream of Genie. The friends are all, mm, yeah, so this <laughs> voice is very expressive. Train spotting starts singing, so the bar gets shut down, set ablaze. The next day, Pine tells Diana that since she didn't like Lund- how London looked, he's taking her to some trenches. As they walk through some Warner Brothers' backlots to the docks, Diana's all, oh, look, a baby and ice cream. She licks one of these on the head till it starts crying and the mom slaps Pine and storms off. (laughs) The next day, Pine leads her through the PG-13 trenches of Verdun, which means a lot of guys with bandages on their faces and a couple people with frown lines. (laughs) Pine's all, now you see why I went into intelligence. My character, anyway. Suddenly, Wonder Woman sees a baby that a mom in a gypsy shawl's cradling in the trenches for some reason. The baby yawns. The mom sobs. I've never seen it look so bored. <laughs> Wonder Woman's all. Babies is not how we do this for on this sex island. This is. She jumps out and starts running towards the German emplacements. Pines all. Well, it is called No Man's Land. On the German side, the commandant's all, What is it now, Gary? Eins, zwei, drei. <laughs> Sir, uh, brunette uh, miniskirts, uh, charging our machine gun nests in slow motion. All her theme music plays. Also, the British, French troops were fighting. Not sure. Uh, they're inspired by the sight of her from behind, uh, running while she screams. So now they're also running at us and screaming. Uselessly concentrate our firepower exclusively on the Wonder Woman shield. <laughs> Fire campeos, Fatelli. Uh, yeah, guys, just aim at the shield, not her feet. <laughs> Come on, Sean, don't try to flank her. It's DC. <laughs> Wonder Woman wins, and all the Germans are executed while they shake their fists. <laughs> Wonder Woman and her friends take a selfie. Someday, momentarily perplex Affleck. Affleck. 
next day. Uh, Wonder Woman, there's a sniper in the church tower, and train spotting's got diarrhea. Um, I can't remember if I saw you jump off a shield in that first battle, but he and Tyrese raise a car door on their shoulders. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Strap in, Dingus. Something coming up for you. Strap it in. Wonder Woman cracks her nipples, walks onto the car door, then flies into the church tower, destroying it in a powering cloud of grayish rubble CG. The local priest is all, Grace! <laughs> really? <laughs> like Wonder Woman, if I see a baby asleep, i got to attack some. Look at head. Yeah. As the sniper dies, he's all... <clears throat> If only I had a weapon that could shoot quickly distant targets. The next day, Wonder Woman sneaks into a Nazi ballroom dance by murdering a female guest and stripping the purple gown from her clothes. (laughs) 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 Then she changes back into Wonder Woman gear instantly and attacks Danny Houston in an air traffic control room while Pine tosses her a watch and goes, Here, I hate this thing. Bye. Pine runs by himself towards an unguarded giant plane filled with canisters and CG. Standing behind her in the air traffic room, Houston's all, Wonder Woman. She turns to him and goes, Danny Houston, since you're the only German leader I've met, I think you are Ares, the god of war. Houston's all, uh, hang on, this will make our fight more exciting. He snorts a pellet of CG, then turns around and goes, Mind the comics? <laughs> now to Wonder Woman stabs him with a sword. He dies. <laughs> she sniffs him and it goes, That's good. The movie is still going. Thulis's <laughs> ghost like face appears through the glass at her. He's all, I'm afraid I'm the Greek god in this. <laughs> Here's what I usually look like. He magnetos some armor onto himself and stands there with his mustache looking old and bewildered. <laughs> and like David Thewlis with CG all over him. He's all. I suppose I'm DC's version of Loki or something. <laughs> Guess they couldn't get Eisenberg. <laughs> Meanwhile, as Pine taxis down the runway, he's all, okay, last plane, I may have crashed, but the second time's a charm. His plane explodes. Wonder Woman's all, Pine, no. Thulis tries to... (laughs) (laughs) Thulis tries to walk around the runway in his armor without falling over. Yes, spoiler alert, the Greek god Ares was behind World War One. <laughs> Alex Jones and that's incredible were right. <laughs> wow. So that sword of yours is useless. Your mother was just fucking with you. <laughs> he breaks the god killer by using the palm of his hand on it. 
now is the next part of my evil plot. I'm going to have an armistice signed that ends the war and all wars. Peace on Earth. Wonder Woman's all. Not on my watch or Chris Pine. She and Thulis throw pieces of light at each other for a few minutes. Eventually, he's all. Now for my most powerful attack. Yeah. He throws more CG at Wonder Woman, but she likes it, kills him by raising her wrist and screaming. Then she turns to evil chemist lady and gives her a pass, and she's a girl, I guess? And this woman runs off and gives birth to Hitler. <laughs> Wonder Woman looks around at the empty runway and goes, Oh, now, at least we permanently defeated Germany. <laughs> In modern times, she stares at Affleck's email, decides not to type out anything that she just said in VO, goes out on the roof, sees some clouds, and since she can now fly without requiring a car door, flies through the skies of Paris to kill something off screen. <laughs> Some words tell me the names of all the CG technicians who created Chris Pine. <laughs> As with the mummy, I slog through the credits waiting for Easter eggs. There aren't any. The end. <gasps> Are there really not? I didn't see any. Nope. Oh. You waited or you didn't wait? You went, no, no, no. I did not wait. I, uh, I, I think I did a double feature, so I had to run and see something. I sat there. No, I would have, but I, yeah, I, I was seeing something else afterwards. So, Dingus, there, Dingus you didn't get a, a little teaser thing at the end either. Nope. Wow. It, that, su- that suggests a lack of faith in the material by stupid studio executives. Well, hold that That's- thought. Let's go around the table well, here. It might quick. just su- suggest them going, let's do our own thing. Maybe. That's true. Well, so, Dingus, it is your – no, wait. It is Kelly – no, it's your 3 by 3 I'm announcing next week. So, Kelly Wand – since you have nothing to do with this podcast n- any longer, <laughs> start off by giving us an over and an under and uh, an overall assessment of what you thought of Wonder Woman. Uh, well, for my over and I went with movies about women superheroes. Mm-hmm. So my over is Under the Skin mm-hmm. and uh, my under is Supergirl. But I kind of went wide. I don't know. I liked Wonder Woman. Um, the only things I didn't like about her are just like – the, it's just stuff about superhero movies in general that I think are all the same thing. I think in the third act, it just turns into every other movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked it way more than Suicide Squad. And it's okay. Citizen Kane next to Batman v Superman, So it's good for DC. Um, right. And I don't know. It's good. It's a fun movie. It's really light. And I, I liked her. I was kind of... I didn't think she was a very good actress until this movie, and I'm still not sure if she is, but she... She really grew on me, and she's a really cool character. Like, I kind of liked her. Um, like, she tries to help people a lot. Like, in Batman versus Superman, there was none of that. That was what was so weird about it. They weren't very heroic characters. But she, I liked her just, like, if she sees something, she has to act right then. I thought that was cool. I don't know if she has the right voice, but I like her accent. I think that helps. I don't know if... She seems like a very, like, small, thin choice to play in Amazon, um, but she looks kind of like a Greek. She looks good. She's fun. Um, I'm proud Dingus, what's an over and an under in your overall opinion of Wonder Woman? I'm curious about what Kelly Wan said about her voice. But I'll... She just doesn't... Um, I like her... Well, hold on. Let's more. go around the table uh, real quick. Uh, I mean, let's uh, just... Uh, yeah, later. Just right, table right. Yep. All right. I just wanted to Find say me. that I wanted to throw that out there. I, I thought it was an interesting thing that you said, Kelly Wan. 
just doesn't seem to have a lot of range. Like she kind of says everything. Okay. Okay. So I mean, picture her going high on anything. And then I, I just sort of took that as a part of the character. Like she's stoic. She's like a stoic Amazon who lets her actions speak for her. But it's right, still so, like. You know. uh, over this, I would put, uh, because I think that somebody who wrote on this also wrote on uh, Arrested Development, I think. Uh, but anyway, I would put uh, over this. Uh, I would put uh, American, not American, uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier, um, which I quite liked quite a bit, and I actually really loved this movie a lot. Uh, and under it, I would put Iron Man Two, uh, which I don't like that much, and I think um, I hate that one. Would, yeah, I, I really don't like it at all. Uh, but I think would have been better served by understanding how better to use the female superhero that just does tripod landings and runs around and supports a bunch of male characters that aren't that interesting, including John Favreau. Um, I would much rather have had more black widow in that, or even a decent black widow movie uh, instead of iron man two. I think iron man two should have been a black widow movie. To be quite honest, um, rather than all of the goofy things that went on in iron man two. So uh, I really, I really quite liked uh, Wonder Woman. Okay, good. We'll get a spread then, because I did not like this one little bit. I, uh, I would put it um, as far as evaluating it in the category, which I think sort of fits in the superhero motif of chicks in tight outfits kicking some ass. Uh, I have coined this term. If you Google it, no one but me is using it. So I'm still trying to get it to spread there. But Sitoxa, chicks in tight outfits kicking some ass, uh, is a genre. And I would stick this in there, but over it – actually, under it, I'll go first. Under it, I think this is better than the last Underworld movie. The Underworld movies are just wretched. And the last one, Blood Wars, I couldn't even <laughs> – I, I can barely remember anything about it. I mean, Kate Beckinsale's just phoning it in. The storylines are just ridiculous. They're just – they've given up caring about villains. It's all just CG. Underworld is just a lost cause at this point. You know, Kate Beckinsale in tight leather being a vampire at one point was kind of cool. Now it's just snooze-inducing. This is above that as far as the genre goes. However, I didn't – I had a lot of problems with this, largely – uh, largely revolving around Gal Gadot. I, Gal Gadot. I think she's terrible in this. I uh-huh. think uh, that's my, my issue overall with, with Wonder Woman is the casting. So over this, and also the tone, over this I would put – because I think at least this fella knows how to play with uh, crazily goofy superhero tropes using women. Over this I would put Sucker Punch. Whoa. Yep. Silly old Zack Snyder. Uh, basically doing this boy's fantasy of cosplay I think is better than Wonder Woman, not in any sort of meaningful sense, but just in terms of being a fun movie about chicks kicking ass. Uh, I don't think Patty Jenkins knows how to handle a big action movie. Uh, I don't think Gal Gadot can carry this character, and I just was not that crazy about the script, which just felt really uneven. I wasn't clear about the characterization of a lot of the the, the characters, uh, and I didn't see any chemistry between her and chris pine i like so, that he didn't, he didn't react to anything like he didn't seem to give a shit that he was on an island of women like i kind of like that he was just straight man sort of mm-hmm. although it didn't make like we're not gonna cry for his character like it seems weird that she but i i did the thing i'll grant you like sucker punch is kind of a sexy movie and it kind of gets into sex and this movie doesn't even tell you if they had sex or not and to me that's really soft it seems like 
I don't know. I don't, I, asking for an R-rated Wonder Woman's probably unrealistic, but the material seems to justify it for me. Well, a lot of the tradition of Wonder Woman is this, this right. inversion of the Lois Lane Superman character, where Steve Trevor is her Lois Lane. And it's it's kind of, I don't know about a bold choice, but I, I thought it was very interesting. I guess it's because this was her origin. It was a period piece. They, they killed him off at the end. Uh, and that, by the way, is a perfect example of my issue with this movie, is that was a wonderful moment where she couldn't hear what he said. But then yeah. they backpedaled on it, and oh yeah, she remembered what he said, and then it spurred her on to believe in love and beat up on the bad guy. Like I, There was a cool, subversive moment there. We're going to lose Steve Trevor. There's going to be this sort of poignant, almost lost in translation moment where she didn't hear his last comment. Uh, that's kind of uh, – that's poignant. I would have liked that, but the movie didn't follow through on it, and it needed to change its mind and spur her on to believe in love and, and overcome the bad guy. Uh, so I thought there were a lot of things like this that could have been cool that were – just missed and I, I blame patty jenkins for a lot of that i just don't think she really quite knew what she was doing with this material uh, but okay so let's dingus you wanted to ask kelly one about the voice thing uh go ahead well, let's get let's get into that Let, let's just talk right now about gal gadot uh i'm pretty down on her i presume she worked for you guys kelly what uh elaborate a little bit on what you meant about her voice she worked in that I thought she was going to be terrible, and I thought she was better than I expected. My expectations were really low, and she was kind of funny, I thought. Just, just, like I, Her stoicism was working for me, but I think it was just a lack of passion in her performance. And that's what you mean about her voice? It's always – she does everything in the same tone, almost. Okay. And it works for some lines, like throwaways. When you say voice, are you talking about the way her voice sounds, or the, or are you delivery. talking about something in a larger, no, in a delivery. larger aspect, like her her delivery as far as a character is concerned? Because if you say uh, I didn't like her voice, did you just not like the way she talked? Or, I mean, no, I'm really I loved trying how she to. Talked. I loved how she talked, and I didn't like her delivery. But sometimes it did work for me more than I expected, and she seemed kind of light um, on her feet, like more than I expected. Because mean she seemed light. Well, she did jokes with Chris Pine, like she was kind of like not thrown off balance by his like lack. His he was just like Teflon, like he's not really reacting to anything in the movie. He's supposed to be a spy, and he just lands on the island, and he's like, "I gotta go." <laughs> like he doesn't even go, "Wait, this could be a tactical resource or something," or what? He never mentions the island anyone. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense, I guess. Um, but she's like that too. Like she sort of fit that material. Like she wasn't trying. Like in striptease, <laughs> everyone's funny in it except Demi Moore, and it seems weird because she comes on and goes, this isn't funny, this is serious, constantly. And then in this, I thought, I was expecting Gal Gadot to be like Demi Moore, like kind of the a black void at the, at the center of it. And she kind of seemed like she was um, enjoying herself, I guess. Because in Batman vs. Superman, she she everyone said that she was the best part of it and she it, that kind of scared me for this movie because in that I thought she was sort of dead-eyed um all right she so guess what I mean I, I, I presume I, the, the honestly movie. I don't understand what you're saying Kelly I, I think you're kind of all over the place uh, you you said you don't like her voice but, but I like her accent okay but he's talking about her delivery like he just as, as an actress basically. No, he's not as, as her ability to care yeah oh I he, thought he was okay 
I said I answered you. I said I, I go. Said I, you I like the way that she sounds, but you don't quite like the way that she's playing it. But you do like kind of the way that she's playing it, but you don't like her. I don't understand what you mean by the term voice. I don't get it. Um, I'm saying that she says everything in the same way, which is a limitation, I think, of her talent. So the way she delivers lines. Right, but in but it makes okay. some lines work better than it would be otherwise. Uh, but. Like she went with what she was doing, sort of went with what Pine was doing. Like they didn't have chemistry, but they were both sort of in their own little bubbles, and it was that wasn't painful to watch for me. Maybe so, Dingus. I don't. I don't know if this will help, but I, I think I don't know if this is what <laughs> Kelly Wand is getting at. But as someone for whom she she didn't work for me at all in this, I thought she was. I wouldn't say a black hole in the middle, but for me, she was a huge weakness of this this movie. Uh, I think Gal Gadot, she's she's a, a beautiful woman, but I think pretty much all she's got going for her is a smile. Uh, when she doesn't do that, what she does have going for her, and maybe this gets to a little bit of what Kelly Wan is talking about, uh, in my opinion, she just has this 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 mystique of beauty to her. Like she maybe knows a secret, uh, and she's not telling it. And when when she comes in in Batman vs Superman. She's wonderful because she's got this mystique, which comes with her being a beautiful woman. And furthermore, she's an alternative to watching these two earnest oafs bumbling around on screen. So she doesn't have to have a lot of dopey dialogue or motivation or anything. It's just there's these idiots dragging this movie down, and this beautiful, mysterious woman shows up and does cool, fun CG stuff and kind of lightens the mood for a while. Uh, Now – when she's supposed to carry a movie like that, like I feel that that wasn't enough to carry a movie, to have a beautiful smile, to have this mystique of beauty about her. Um, but when it came time for her to connect with someone or to express emotion or outrage or whatever, because they ask her to do some like serious acting bits here, uh, I just felt that she w- couldn't live up to it. And maybe that's part of what Kelly Wand is getting at. Uh, she just didn't have the dramatic range that I think, or the depth that I think this, an actress playing this role should have had. Uh, Kelly, right. is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, and the fact that Pine wasn't doing any heavy stuff either made that like less jarring than if he'd been going, like if he'd been like Ben Affleck and Batman versus Superman, like really intense about himself. But Dingus, what? So you, you, I presume you liked her. Like what, what? Yeah, I liked uh, what, her quite a bit. Yeah. Okay, yeah. T- t- what, what worked for you uh, with her? Talk about that some. Because I think that she is an emerging character, and and she understands that. I think she's discovering, I mean, based on who she is on this island and where she's coming from and what she's learning about herself and about the world, um, she's like Superman landing on Earth and figuring things out. And it's weird for me to hear that she can't have that sort of, I'm learning a new language I'm learning new things about the world that I could not have known before uh, type of thing. Because I I just totally disagree that her voice doesn't work. And I disagree that she's a black hole in this movie. I think she does a lot of things that are really, you know, and I loved her in the, in the fast and furious movies as well. I just think, I think she's got a lot more to give and the little moments that she's, she does, you know, even in that goofy, uh, you know, let me hide my penis and pretend it's a watch scene in the cave or on the boat or when she has to do all that silly stuff where she's trying on the dresses, which uh, I 
think could totally be scrapped in favor of more kick-ass things that she's doing and the physicality that she's doing. I, I think she's amazing in this. I, I'm really surprised that uh, that she can't be stoic the way uh, some, you know, Tom, you rightfully say when she shows up in Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, she's a breath of fresh air because she's mm -hmm. much more interesting than these guys who have just been like grunting at each other for the entire movie. <laughs> um, but I think she's got just as much to give, but she's, she's originating a character that hasn't been in this world. Uh, she's been on this island and running around and doing things on this island. And she's learning things about the world. And I, I love the way that she plays that. I love that, that sort of emerging character that she plays. And I think she does a nice job, and I don't think she's just a smile. Uh, yeah, did, did you by any chance see Keeping Up with the Joneses? I'm going to guess no. No, I don't know what that means. So I think – oh, so that Kelly Wan mentioned it in the, in the synopsis. So uh, Zach Galifianakis and Isla Fisher play uh, just a conventional, regular, every man, every woman, married couple living in the suburbs. And some neighbors move in. And they want to be neighborly and friendly. And the neighbors are played by John Hamm and, and Gal Gadot. And the movie becomes about them discovering that John Hamm and Gal Gadot are super spies. And it's a, it's a oh, wacky okay. comedy about how they're all sexy and hot and super spies. Uh, and it's mainly John Hamm carrying it. John Hamm is great at that sort of thing. And she's adept with it as well. And she's got a wonderful – I mean, and it's mainly because she's just being mysterious. She's being beautiful and mysterious. She's fine at that. But there's a, a wonderful little scene, and Isla Fisher it's largely her and Isla Fisher working with each other, where Isla Fisher is spying on her and gets busted while she's in a dressing room trying on lingerie. And she's like half naked and intimidating Isla Fisher. And, and it's just a really funny scene. And you watch her and you think, yeah, this, this woman has great comic timing. She's, mm -hmm. she's interacting well with Isla Fisher. And I, there, I saw nothing in this movie. I saw them trying to do stuff, but I thought, saw nothing in this movie that had that kind of charm and, and timing and connection as that one little scene in a, in a kind of a dopey comedy that I think really played on the idea that she's beautiful and sexy and, and looks intimidating in underwear. Uh, instead, this was a movie – I mean this is a, basically a Scarlett Johansson kind of role, I think. Uh, and I, I just don't think she was quite up to it. Uh, yeah, so you're saying that it's a Scarlett Johansson role in the in the way that Scarlett Johansson would have done better at it, or or it's, that it's it, it's as uninteresting as the things she was doing as Black Widow. Uh, no, no, no. It's 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 Scarlett Johansson would have done better at it. Yeah, uh, oh. I, I think because I because I think that mm -hmm. there that I I would disagree with you because I think uh -huh. even that moment that Kelly Wan makes fun of, and this is a you know, kind of a personal joke for me, the the moment where she's standing next to the woman in the blue dress and basically sizing her up and saying, am I going to fit into that dress? Right. The way that Gal Gadot does that look, just looks at her and sure. is sizing her. Uh, I think she does that really well. And I think it's really smart. I think it's really quick. And I really like that little moment. And I think and, that she right. does show a little bit that, that very quick. Okay. Yep, this is what's going on here, and we get everything from that, and we don't have to see the woman dispatched. We get everything from that moment where she's standing next to that woman, looking her up and down and standing next to her. Sure. I love that. Now, why couldn't we have gotten that – and I agree. That was a great little moment, and she could pull that off. 
uh, that's not enough for me to establish this character. Like, why couldn't I have? And and you might have felt there were some of these moments, but I didn't feel like there was anything like that with her and Chris Pine. All that coy hot tub sex talk and the the boat stuff just felt really blunt and forced. Uh, it didn't seem cute or funny to me. Uh, they didn't seem to be connecting. Um, but they're not supposed to. I mean, he's he's the he's the babe in the woods. He's the he's the the usual woman character, isn't he? I mean, he's he's having to kneel with the rope around him and deliver exposition while a bunch of women are around him for a change. I mean, he's he's allowing himself to be that like that naive character and she's kind of driving those scenes when she's talking about the watch and all of that that's all of us getting those things she's not talking she couldn't care less about any of that stuff and when she she talks about him sleeping next to her she couldn't care less about any of that stuff she's she's all about let's get to the war let's get the fight let's kick some ass that's what i want to do right all of those extra little layers that uh, that we are layering on are part of the commentary of this movie that I really kind of like, and I think she plays that perfectly. Here's an example in that boat, and it's just a little physical bit. Uh, when she's lying there with Chris Pine, and they've agreed we're just going to go to sleep, and there's obviously some sort of connection between them, maybe some some nascent sexual tension. Gal Gadot demonstrates this and uh, by drumming her fingers – that is to me is exactly like that is just so like clumsy and obvious and basic like helpless actor 101 stuff like that is her way to exhibit <laughs> sexual frustration sexual tension is drumming her fingers i think that's uh, just, more just impatience little, now okay which is just little things like that uh that i mean didn't work for me and, and this idea by the way i would have loved for them to have played with this idea that 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 men were useless that uh that that they they're they're not needed for their own you know they're not necessary for pleasure uh later this idea of her crossing no man's land because you know she's not a man i i i longed for more subversive kind of stuff like that and instead they kind of played well, it like a meat cute um, and it, it was a it was a terrible meet cute. I mean, yeah, I just I she there's just and, and her physicality, by the way, Dingus. Oh, my God. I could not stand her lack of physicality. So much CG in this. Like it's, all uh, of it was just wire work. There was not. So I don't th- this might be sexist, but I'm going to go with this because uh, she has. So there is not an ounce of tone on that woman's arms she does not have an iota of muscle all but when they put her i mean she's got the build of a prepubescent boy and that's you know fine she's she's built like a model like a skinny model like that but the Mm -hmm. outfit they put on her has curves they give her breasts for the outfit they give her hips and and to me i look at that and it's like Having uh, Chris Re- – no, uh, the original super old Superman, not Christopher Reeve, Steve Reeves, right? It's like having him in a Superman outfit with the foam muscles in it. Is that they're having to compensate for the actual actor's body by building it into the costume. Uh, and clearly they wanted a Wonder Woman with curves. They didn't have one, so instead they made a costume with curves, and her poor little straight untoned arms sticking out of it just looked weird to me. Uh, and and it goes with the physicality of it too. Like I didn't feel she could carry off any of the fight scenes. You, it was painfully obvious when they transitioned to CG, uh, and there was just way too much wire work, slow motion. Um, 
Boy, I cannot disagree with you more okay. about any of that. That's so weird. The fight the, scenes? Uh, yeah, that whole beach sequence. Uh, you know, one of the things that I thought was totally weird for me is that um, all of that slow-mo, Matrix-y type of stuff, including that uh, the setup for the shield thing, uh, where Robin Wright jumps up and does that turn and, and shoots the arrows, uh, I thought that stuff worked really well. And I think Patty Jenkins handled it really well and one of the questions i wanted to ask you guys but is a totally um useless question to ask now is uh why it works here and why it in some of these other superman movies or whatever it it seems to be kind of wasted um because i thought that those things were really great i thought she looked great i i'm totally confused by (laughs) yeah but you know we had we had this basic uh, discussion kind of when we were talking about Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice, where I disagreed with you about her physicality then as well. Um, I, I find this utterly befuddling. Uh, but you can't disagree I, on the build. Well, what? I, I can. I like think she looks thinness. great. You think she has muscle and tone? Yes, I do. She, I think she, she has be muscle and tone. Like yeah, no, she's built like a model to me. So I, it, it might also be dingus that I... She has uh, muscles and she has tone. You can laugh at me if you want for thinking that she has muscles and tone, but I think she has muscles and tone. So uh, my frame of reference for this sort of thing, because I, I love this genre. I, I love seeing women playing powerful characters. Yeah, I do uh, too. There, there's a movie, and Kelly Wan, if you haven't seen this, and actually you too, Dingus, I'd recommend this to you. Uh, there's this just adorable little tiny blonde girl, uh, and she has basically been a stunt woman forever. She's doubled for Scarlett Johansson in a bunch of the, the Marvel movies. Her name is Amy Johnston. Uh, she's a little tiny. She's blonde. She's got these super pale blue eyes, uh, and in all the movies I've seen her in, two of them, uh, there, there are moments in the movie where someone dismisses her as like a Barbie doll, and she looks like that. But Amy Johnston, being a stunt woman – when it, there's a there's a it's a terrible title, but it's a really cool movie called Lady Blood Fight, and Lady Blood Fight is something I'd seen like a, a month or so ago before Wonder Woman, and it it just kicks the crap out of Wonder Woman in terms of showing the physicality of women doing fight scenes because Lady Blood Fight is all about cute little Amy Johnston as well as a cast of about a half dozen other women. It's very much an ensemble movie doing these amazing fight scenes and the camera doesn't use any cg there is no wire work these are all stunt women who have non-faked physicality and to see that and to see amy johnston's arms toned uh, her belly and one of the cool things about lady blood fight it's not the least bit lascivious it is not played at all to be titillating it is played with the same earnestness as something like a jean-claude van damme movie and and these women in this can really fight and the camera knows enough to admire their fighting ability so when i come into something like this where even if you disagree like about her tone and stuff, a lot of the, you know, the CG steps in at the moment when I feel we should be admiring an actress's physicality. Like the CG covers for stuff. Um, we talked about Sofia Boutella last week, and I would mentioned seeing a, a goofy movie called Street Dance 2. Uh, also compared – and I didn't bring this up with the Wonder Woman moment, but it was on my mind at the time. In Street Dance 2, uh, she comes out, and she blows everybody away with this crazy dance that she does. It's unique to her style, right? In Wonder Woman, there is a scene where after they've liberated the village, she says to Steve Trevor, that's not dancing. 
I was hoping that we were going to get to see what she thinks of as dancing. Right. Like that yeah, would have been too. a great opportunity if there, if if this had been an actress who could handle some physicality. Well, if this had been a movie that was that understood the appeal of admiring a woman's physicality rather than substituting CG for it, we would have had we would have seen how they dance on the Amazonian Isle. And I couldn't help because I just seen it of thinking of uh, Sofia Boutella's goofy little street dance two appearance. Um, and this movie. I don't even know if it didn't occur to them, uh, but that to me, that's where I'm thinking, yeah, let's see the physicality of an Amazon and what they think of its dancing. It didn't even occur to the movie, I'm guessing. Uh, so, so that's the sort of thing, Ding. It's like that's my frame of reference is watching this movie with these stunt women, watching Sofia Boutella, like these goofy battle dance movies that I watch. Uh, there are movies out there that really do highlight the physicality of some amazingly athletic women. So I guess I, – I mean I think my standard might be unfair to someone like Gal Gadot because she's obviously not a stunt woman. Uh, you know, she's an Israeli model. She was a beauty queen. Um, I don't doubt, of course, that she trained a lot for this, and there were certainly scenes where she was doing some physical stuff. But when it came time to really show off, it just felt like the CG, the CG got subbed in. I, I think that – I kind of think you're I, – I think you're being a little unfair as far as that's concerned because of – how often we've seen male characters get CG'd all the time. It drives me just as crazy. I love seeing a man's physicality as yeah. well. Like, right. like Matt Damon in The Born Identity. Like You can tell when a man can handle that sort of physicality. Um, I, like, Kill I, Bill, even. Sure, yeah, yeah. Her physique uh, is a big part of her fighting style. Right. I don't have That's any problem with Gil Gadot's, or Gadot's, uh, Gadot's uh, physique. I, okay. I don't understand that. That's so weird. Um, and I think that now, it's, a, it, it's a weird just, standard because – Well, why are you saying it's weird? I mean are you, are you not – I mean you, you might disagree, but you understand what we're saying, don't you? Are we not like making it clear? Yeah, like, I just don't – I no, no, you're making it very clear. I just think okay. you're being fair. But, uh, but uh, fair enough. That's the standard you're setting for her. But I don't think that that standard is set for maybe male characters who are being CG'd at the, in, at the same rate. It's not I think this happens across the board for, for these kind of characters. And I, 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 I don't disagree, Jenkins, by the way. I, I would have the same complaint about, about men. Yeah, yeah. All right, but I don't hear that being said about men. Well, uh, name, a, name a movie where the, the men aren't. Like, the physicality clearly isn't something they're up to, and, and we can talk about that. Like, I, 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 don't, I, I can't think of offhand, but what – uh, what's a movie where uh, there's a bunch of CG when the man is supposed to be an accomplished fighter? The Fly. <laughs> Very nice. But what, what, what's an example thing? Is that you think we're not calling out? I mean, I can't think of one offhand. Rocky well, Three. I mean, uh, well, to, to Michael B. Jordan and Creed. Like that. That's you can clearly see his physicality in that. That's that doesn't. Right, and you can clearly see it in other boxing movies as well, including sure. what's the the uh, girl fight movie that you just uh, wrote about? Lady Blood Fight. <laughs> Lady Blood Fight, yeah. Uh, but those are Batman different things. Forever. I mean, you you have to CG these movies for the things that those characters are doing. See, I, the Matrix didn't do it. Like the Matrix took two regular actors, Larry Fishburne and Keanu Reeves, and you know, with Wu Ping, I think is his name, they put them through whatever it took to make it non CG, non faked, actual. Here are the actors having trained, completely fit. I, I mean, but I, they were memorable fights. There's no memorable right. fights in Wonder Woman. 
I mean, no, I, I disagree with you. I think that the whole beach fight is really memorable. I like that whole. I, I like the way that that thing that you. I mean, I understand you making fun of it, but I like that uh, that thing where she charges across the expanse there and and takes uh, takes the fire, and then. I, I mean, I I think she does fine, and I think that having to do that some of that CG stuff is just the way some of these movies go because you're not going to have uh, you know Magneto flying in to do these things and be able to actually do them. You're not going to be well, able Magneto's to Well, have... Magneto's a magician. I mean, she's not... They're, they're setting this up So is as, Ares. Uh, oh, God, right. that Ares stuff was an, another classic example. Like, here's the deal with Ares. They put, and this is silly to me, they put a crazy, muscly, steroided-up CG body on David Thewlis's yeah. head at one to point. To fight Wonder Woman. Yeah, and I wonder, so if they're going to do that to David Thewlis, why don't they do that like with her body? And obviously that would be even more ridiculous if they did. But that was their example of how a god is supposed to look. Super muscly, super roided out, and yet we have stick-thin model Gal Gadot playing Wonder Woman over there. Like that just seemed weird to me. Like a double standard, like oh, and and I at this point wasn't that invested in the movie. I didn't really care, but that's what they felt like the dude had to look like. You know, a male god looks like that. A female god can look like Gal Gadot. Uh, and her powers are. I don't see her that thick thing. I don't. I just. I guess I just don't see the same thing you're saying. Because I'm thinking Kara Knightley when you're saying stick thin, and that's not what she looks like. And I think she looks awesome. I think she does a I'm great just, job. She doesn't look awesome, by the way. I'm not being critical of her not looking awesome. She's a beautiful woman, but she doesn't have. You just it. want her to look like a female dude. What? Where are you getting that from? No, I, I want her to look like I want her to not not just look like she can fight, but to move like she can fight. Yeah, she's always posed. Yeah, she, I mean that's the thing. She's clearly a model. She, it. When Poised. it's a still shot of her, she looks at home, and then when she has to move, she looks like uh, Trump when he has to answer a question about the thing. <laughs> Go ahead, Kelly Wand. Well, just the stuff that I I'm, – I'm bummed Dinkus isn't getting the thing that I like about her, which is that I thought she and Pine were funny together early on. And I liked that he was – like it wasn't realistic, but I thought it was kind of funny that it's a World War One movie. Like The things that bugged me about the movie was it was too soft, but like the, the early parts with her and Pine I thought were, were funny like and light. And mm-hmm. she, her lack of interest in him was sort of working, but I don't know. Uh, let's talk about one of the big central moments: that crossing of no man's land. Uh, what, what did you think of that, Dingus? It's a great idea. Okay, Kelly Wand. I'm sorry, that's all I would say. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, Dingus, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I thought yeah. Kelly Wand had more to say about that. That was all. I I loved it, be, and actually, you know, I'm gonna again reveal stupid things about myself. I, I actually started crying during it. Um, I, I love that whole because as she's moving through the streets of London and then moving through the trenches, uh, I kept thinking, uh, as a hero, you need to learn how to triage, <laughs> and that's what Steve's trying to tell her. We can't do all of these things. Um, but she doesn't understand that. She's like, she's she's still this character who's saying, take me to the war. Where's the war? Are you going to get me to the war? When we get to the war, please tell me when we're at the war because I want to get to the war. She she has a very simple understanding of of gods. When I find the god, I'm going to I'm going to stop that god, and then war will stop. She doesn't understand how modern war works and how modern war, the machine of modern war, is going to work. But 
she has this, uh, and she doesn't under, understand triage at this point, but she understands pain. She understands that she that her job is to save the world, <laughs> or to save these people, or to stop this suffering. And uh, I think that it's hammy to call that whole no man's land. It's no man. Hey, have you, any of you ever read Tolkien? It's not a man who will do it. Or if you know, if any of you have read, ever read Macbeth, uh, it that's a little hammy. But I, but when she says this is regardless of all you're saying about the nuances of why we're here and how we're going to lie our way through the battle, that's not why I came here. What I came here to do is stop suffering right now. And she doesn't go through no man's land to chop people up she goes through no man's land or into no man's land to draw fire so that others can come in and fight and i love that i do kind of love that line of she's drawing all the fire that's what she's doing she's taking all of the criticism or all the fire on herself so that then we can attack i mean i really like that i really like that she's so brave all right Bring it on. I can so do I, I don't I, – I, I might be wrong, but I don't recall that being why she went across – because I like that moment too. Here's the thing. Is I, I loved that moment. That was a great moment. I have a couple of quibbles with it where I, I think it, it shows that Patty Jenkins is not really adept with this sort of thing. But I love that moment. But I think, Dingus, she's not crossing to lead the men in attack or to draw fire. She's crossing, and this just felt really – like clumsy to me, but she's crossing because she's just been told that over there is a village where the Germans are taking people's slaves. Like, like am I mistaken? Isn't that why she then just like, okay, well, screw this. I'm going across, right? Well, nobody else will make that. Nobody else will do it. Right, right. And but so she's not doing she, it to lead an attack. She's going over there because she's found out that the Germans are enslaving civilians. Like that's what impels her to go over the the uh, the ladder or whatever you call it when you go over the lip of the trench, right? Oh, okay, I see. Uh, and and a side effect, of course, is then the men are like, "Oh, look, she's going." And I love this idea too of a woman's motivation inspiring men and clearing the way for men. I love that, even though I think it's really clunky. This idea that the, <laughs> the Germans were not taking slaves in World War One. Like this this movie was just really kind of simple and, and superficial and glib with with motivation and what the war was. And all this stuff about the armistice, that's fine. That's okay. We're just getting a superhero origin story going here. But I loved the idea, and I really did like that scene. Uh, however, again, like her physicality, that was an issue for me. All they did with that scene was have her run and punch a few Germans. Like yeah. this should have been where we see. Because I, I again, I love when she's in when she puts that little hat, not hat, but that headband on or whatever like i make fun of goofy hats in superhero movies when she comes over the rim of the trench wearing that headband i loved that moment that was great whatever patty jenkins wanted to do at that moment i was on board with i loved the no man's line land land line uh you know hammy or not i just like the fact that they said it maybe twice and the second time with just enough emphasis to make it clear what they were getting at uh it was a great simple obvious basic stirring comic book moment and i loved it but i felt like it was missing the physicality and here's where i really have a problem with patty jenkins and dingus i would be curious if you share my my problem with this oh my god i hated the music so bad largely because so much of it was so generic 
but also because some of the best superhero music I've heard since the since Hans Zimmer's Dark Knight soundtrack is what uh, Tom Holkenberg, who composes under the name Junkie XL, did with the Wonder Woman theme in Batman versus Superman. It's this really cool electric guitar riff. I think in that movie it's called uh, Is She With You? And it's like the Wonder Woman theme. We didn't get it during the crossing of No Man's Land. Instead, we got whatever – I don't know, Marco Bellamy or whoever it was that did this generic soundtrack. We got that music at that point. Then when she gets across No Man's Land, and it's a scene where she's in a room alone with a couple of Germans. It's just going to be a quick wirework spin around. That's when that awesome music kicks in. Right. Later, the music kicks in not when she's fighting Ares. But when she's fighting Danny Houston, that's an amazing bit of music. Patty Jenkins has no idea what she's onto with it. Uh, like, she, I think she just wastes that great music and sticks in some super generic stuff that that drove me batty. Um, so, Dingus, you're normally yeah, like super picky about. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll take that, Kelly Wand. <laughs> uh, you're also normally picky about music. Were you okay with the music here? No, I think it was a little obvious. Um, and do you guys know? Especially you guys know because that. I was okay. I was singing it with Alexandra, and she's like, "Oh, the music wants me to feel this. Oh, the music wants me to feel that." I mean, it was it's very clear that the music is doing that, but it does that right. for all of these movies. But I but as soon as you say that that theme, yeah, yeah. So you guys do know what I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah, yeah you know exactly what you're talking about. It's what she's staring at her head theme. when she attacks. <laughs> yeah, it's what I was wanting to hear. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I. I don't remember it not being there during the crossing because I just hear my that. Memory as soon as you say it, I hear. Yeah, I mean, and I I was, that. that's because I, I was waiting for that. I love that bit of music, and I, I was positive they were going to use it at some point, and I was waiting for it. And when she comes over the lip, I'm like, and she's wearing that hat, and I'm like, yeah, now we're going to get it. And no, it's some weird music, like Alexander said, telling us how to feel. Like, this is right. the stirring moment. And no, I want to hear the Junkie XL stuff. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's talk about the rest of the cast because they do try to be generous with the ensemble stuff here. Uh, we've talked about Chris Pine. There's a bunch of other people to talk about. Did anyone stand out for you, Kelly Wand? Uh, I liked the actor guy a little bit, but then none of them ever do anything. Um, like he never uses the sniper rifle. They never really back her up, and I forget which of them survived. So, Oh, did – I thought they all survived. You know what? I'm not even sure. Didn't only Chris Pine die? That's what I thought. Yeah, I think the rest of them survive, I believe. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dingus, you and I are the picky actor people. Who stood out for you? Anyone? Uh, I actually really loved Robin Wright, um, but I just love her. Uh, I will be honest with you. I thought Connie Nielsen was Diane Lane. Dingus, oh my credit. God, quit stealing your actor confusion from me. I... And again, just like we thought we were watching Oscar Isaac in The Mummy, I was sure – and I was sitting there thinking, well, wait, she's Martha. Are they going to try to yeah. tie that in somehow? Because I yep. totally thought it was Diane Lane as well. They're all – So did Very you realize confused. before the credits, Dingus, or did you go through the whole nope. movie? No, yep. I just thought that for It'll the whole both. movie that that was what was going on, and I didn't know how that was going to link up. But I thought for sure that was Diane Lane because <laughs> Diane Lane is – I mean they, they have – I mean and she's got that – thing on her head it's i don't know i just thought it was yeah. diane lane the whole time yep and the accent too. like she's doing an accent so you're not entirely sure yep they're all they're all doing a sort of a vaguely Greek. i mean i guess mediterranean is pretty much what they were speaking so yeah I um, also how did you feel about the uh, the progression of actresses playing diana 
Oh, uh, <laughs> I was okay with them, but I, I, it made me wonder if we're seeing her age. How come she's not going to age up until Batman versus Superman? Like I thought at some point the movie was going to explain to me why she stops aging. She's a goddess. But I don't get that when they're, they're, we do see her grow up from a little girl. So when Dingus right. is acting about the other actresses, I don't at the normal rate. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember any of them really standing out for me. Dingus, was there okay. was there anyone for you that really worked or didn't work? Not really. I was just wondering what you guys thought because it, it you know, the first one, I, I kind of like it when a movie does this, and this is something that Alexander says as well. You know, the first one doesn't look anything like the adult turns out to be, but the second one, who's played by Emily Carey. Uh, the first one is Lily Espel, who plays the eight-year-old, and then Emily carries the twelve-year-old version of her, apparently, um, who looks more like what the final version uh, of Wonder Woman turns out to be. I was just wondering if you guys had any opinions. Right. Do we like, know, by the way? I, like, why, I don't know any of them. No, no. No, no. I was going to say, do we know why she's not aging? Like, is, am I the only one wondering about that? Because she's what half immortal. What do you mean why she – oh, why it's she's not aging be past because sure. this is World War One, and then we find her later on. Okay, probably because she's a god, I guess. But, we, but that's the thing is that we do see her age. But like is it that gods stop aging at whatever age? And then how come David Thewlis is older? I don't know. But it, it's the sort of thing like watching news crawls, I guess, is that I'm wondering, well, is someone going to explain to me why she looks – you know, 26 in 1914 and 26 in 2016. And I, no one explained that to me. Why is well, I've, always, old? I've always wondered that about Wolverine, you know, you know, that whole Wolverine right. progression through the civil war. And then we get to the modern day and then we get to Logan. Logan kind of answers. I know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Which it's, is a wonderful thing about Logan, but why is there, is there some point at, adolescence where it locks in um i don't know how did you guys feel about uh well i'll just say because i kind of also liked this idea again it was me just sort of looking for things that i could appreciate in a movie that i was just completely unengaged from but i like this idea that she was the god killer you know this whole fifth element thing of you're the fifth yeah. element but i did I, i'm okay with broad strokes when they're effective and i i loved the no man's land bit i liked the idea too that she was the god killer that this prop because i as soon as they brought the sword out i because i'm so sensitive to doodad based drama where it's all about some gem or something like MacGuffins, right? And when the sword came out, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be doodad-based drama. She's going to get the sword, and it's going to give her her power, and then later on someone's going to take it from her. I can just see this coming. But no, they didn't do that. I love the idea that it was a fake. You know, It was a feint to sort of trick her, that this sword was no big deal, that the god killer is her, and that that's the secret that was kept from her. I like that. Mm-hmm. Bogart is you- the Maltese Falcon. How do you oh. how do you feel about the uh, supposed love scene? Uh, you can, wait, yeah. So that's the thing is, do they have sex? Like, when when is the supposed? That's a love stupid scene? question. They have to ask. Like, just say that they had sex. What the fuck? It's well, wait, wait, what is the supposed love scene? What I might not be remembering. It's the it's he shuts the, the door. He shuts the door. Oh. He goes toward her. He kisses her. Then we fade to black. How do oh, you no, feel no, about that? We're about to have sex space. What are you talking about? They do have sex then. That's clear, right? Okay. How do you? That's my anyway. question. Is how do you feel about that? Oh, we, we don't we don't see any of that. We don't see anything happen. I mean, I'm not asking for a porn thing, but um, I'm just saying, how do you feel about the way that that's handled? Right. I'm okay with with uh, the door being closed as movie language for now. The sexy time begins. Full on intercourse is happening. 
We don't like get to see anything, a, though? Like, no foreplay? No, like, cute nope, little lines? Don't need it. There. Don't need it. This is not a titillating Weak. movie. Weak. They're what? not playing up her sexuality. They're not even making her particularly like, – like I said, she's gorgeous, but they're not doing a lot of stuff with physicality with fighting. So why should they do it with the other F verb? Because maybe she's – maybe Gal Gadot's good at that stuff. Here's a, No, here's the thing. If they're not going to show her dance, I don't care if they're going to show her uh, F, F-ing. They didn't show her do anything. <laughs> but so, Dingus, are you asking because you thought they were being too coy or because you – you, you approved of that as well. Uh, I think they're being too coy, and I think they're going in the wrong direction with it because I think she oh. should be the one uh, taking the initiative oh, if oh. she wants to do that. Right. I think that that's what that's yeah. totally in line with her character, rather than him. Like, uh, I'm the man. I'm coming in. I'm closing. I'll the door. shut the door. You have nothing to do with this, and I'm going to come over here, and we're going to have a tender kiss. Whereas she's already stated, like, this is what, you know, this is, I've read all of this. I already know all of this. Right. I think, I think it would have been much more interesting and, frankly, much more sexy and fun just to have her take over and do it and close the door on his room and just, just put him down on the bed and say, all right, let's, I'm going to do this right now because I want to do this. And here's why I find it really disappointing that they are I, – I love that Warner Brothers lets a woman like like Patty – lets Patty Jenkins, who has one movie to her name, that they let her do this movie. But I don't think – I mean I think that if Patty Jenkins – like Patty Jenkins should have ideas about that. What she did with yeah. Charlize Theron and Monster and how subversive that was, mm-hmm. I don't know if she just doesn't care if the studio overrode her or but this is the sort of thing that I would expect from letting Patty Jenkins do a movie is more of these ideas being played with and you know the, I think this is just one of many inconsistencies in the characterization in the movie and I'll give you an example of another one you they clearly set up on the boat that Chris Pine is an aw shucks guy who you don't have sex until you're married and then later he's super seductive sexy spy with Dr. Poison and his fire is entropy speech right, right. like when he walks right. up to her that's just an oversight of the script that to me is laziness of characterization you know make him one or the other that's fine it works for me but don't put them both in the same movie don't show me the scene where he's seducing Dr. Poison and assume that I forgot about him being all nerdy and shy in the boat uh, so right. I was just really disappointed that Patty Jenkins didn't get these things, didn't do something better with, with these moments, with these beats. Maybe that's his character. He, he could do it for work like if he's really into it for all. <laughs> when he's on the he clock. Gets, yeah. yeah. And with Wonder Woman, he's like, oh, boy. Here was another weird thing. Was also, actually, yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. I was pretty disappointed that Dr. Poison didn't turn out to be Aries. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. God damn it, it Dingus. Now that you say that – because the whole David Thewlis casting, it's like casting spoiler. Like I, yep. I, I was super glad. Yeah. I was like, please let David Thewlis just be a good guy. No, they couldn't. They couldn't resist. But uh, did you ever think that Doctor Poison was Winona Ryder or Natalie Portman? <laughs> no, no was that just me. All right, was. I was just hoping Natalie she would turn out to be the God of War. I didn't know who the actress was. I was, and she's no one I've heard of before. But I was like, is that Winona Ryder from Stranger Things? Is that? Natalie Portman back there, I, I didn't know, but but yeah, Dingus, I love that idea. I would have. That's that's also that's a shame that they didn't. There is no follow through on most of the ideas in this, and that's the thing that sucks about it. It's like you want to pretend that it just had that it, they did it, 
because it's all set up like the island of women and it's world war one like the most fucked up war and that's her exposure to human civilization and wonder woman loses her virginity does she we don't fucking know like everything about that there's like no follow-through on all these great setups and and all this stuff too with the the poison gas like i mean that's that's weirdly relevant these days and and it just felt glossed over like there was was a fog at some point and I guess when it blew up in this atmosphere, it didn't get spread. I mean, I don't know. I don't expect them to be a procedural about poison gas, but it just felt like a, a really flimsy. It right. It felt like a flimsy plot device. Uh, and it also felt like if you want to show the horrors of war, invoke this poison gas some more. Don't just show the, the woman in the shawl holding the baby saying, oh, they took everybody's slaves over there. I mean, there there's some horrific stuff you can do with poison gas. And you don't have to. You can still imply it with a PG-13 movie, and they do it early on. This was weird too. When Chris Pine is stealing the notebook, they have a man in some sort of a, a sealed chamber in a gas yeah. mask, and they're testing it on him, and he dies. Later on, fast forward to the movie, they're just testing on an empty gas mask. Yeah. What happened to this idea of them being monsters subjecting human, you know, using human beings to experiment on this gas? I don't know if the movie like it's like the movie shied away. Yeah, they're supposed to be the villains. It's sort of like okay, we made them villainous enough. We're done. You guys saw what you needed to. Now they're just going to test an empty gas mask. That just seemed really weird to me. Yeah, Um, they were just soft pedaling it, uh, which I, you know, don't do that when we're going to be talking about. Yeah, I put it in there. Like now you're because you're making me think about it. Like you could have just had a plot without poison gas, but now you're saying there's poison gas and they're not. And it, Wonder Woman's attitude towards poison gas would be extremely interesting to me. Uh, did you guys well, recognize? For, for, oh, go ahead. Well, for me, it, it sort of pays off in this weird downfall meme scene. Uh, a Danny Houston thing, you mean? No, with the Bruno Gans like down. No, no, right, right, right. The yelling about the uh, the reinforcements and Hitler in the bunker. You're saying right, Hitler in the bunker. Uh, because that's where the gas is then tested again, and that's all that it go, That's all that it's used for is well, we're just going to kill a bunch of bad guys with it. Well, the, oh wait, with the well, there yeah, like there's the thing too is there, there's the, they're trying to use the gas to scuttle any peace talks. Like right. the gas is supposed to symbolize or represent or bring about unending warfare. But I but what I think is. What I'm trying to say is that you're right about that, is that if you want to really show the horrors of war, then show us the horrors of war. Don't just like lock a bunch of bad guys in a room and and then use the gas on them. Right. Oh, right. I see what you're saying, Dingus. Right. Oh, oh, my gosh, because I'd even forgotten about that. Like, yeah, like the the uncomfortable parallels with the the genocide there. Like, that's a really terrible scene. And it's yeah. Yeah. I've forgotten about that scene. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I thought Chris Pine was going to get gassed and that was part of his sacrifice when he flew the plane. And I got excited, like, oh, he's going to really go out. But instead, it's just a fireball. And for all we know, that stuff might be spread in the atmosphere. Like in the sequel, uh, there might be like poison gas fallout all over Europe. I was know. bummed they didn't bring the secretary on the mission with them. All right. Did you guys recognize her? It was driving me crazy. Yeah, Lucy. Go ahead. Well, no, did you, I, I had to look it up. Like I didn't realize during the movie. Did you know who that was, Dingus? Lucy Davis, yeah. But did you know during the movie why you knew who that was? Because I didn't. No, no, I had to look it up afterward. Yeah, so she's the good the girl from the original Office. Uh, oh, that's Dawn. Yeah, that's Dawn. Yeah, who was funny? Like she was great. I mean, she was having a good time, and 
Yeah, yeah, she was funnier than the lines she was getting. Exactly, yeah. right, right. Like, but she, I missed her later. Yeah. Yeah, right. I wish she, she would have been a great foil for Wonder Woman. Yep. And then yep. she disappears from the movie. They give her the sword and go, get the fuck out of here. I mean, yeah. I, I think a lot of my problem with this is is just general Warner Brothers DC Comics clunkiness. Uh, they're uncertain how to handle their properties. I'm sure that someone like Patty Jenkins and the scriptwriters and maybe even Gal Gadot as an actress are being pulled in all these different directions and getting yeah. all these kinds of different notes. I think it's just it's just general DC confusion. To me, was this movie was shot through with it. And since, you know, if Gal Gadot had worked for me the way that she did for Dingus, I think I might have been more forgiving of that. Uh, but, but otherwise... Also, the, the bar was so low with... Batman versus Superman. That in a way, Patty Jenkins just had to like not fuck it up. <laughs> just remember to put the film yeah. in the camera. Yeah, like it's at least coherent compared to right. Batman versus Superman. Doesn't make any sense. Like there's, no, I don't understand anything that happens in that movie or why it's happening. And in this, at least, I recognized the the story beats. And yeah, like and I was saying with my under being the the uh, the underworld movies, those have just gotten so completely forgettable. There is nothing whatsoever in Underworld, any of them, that approximates the coolness of that No Man's Land sequence. Like, right. at least there are a couple of bits like that that were super memorable and that were really good, and even if I take issue with certain things in them, you know, those were great moments. Uh, yeah. And at least Patty Jenkins, you know, those, those made it through. Were you guys okay with how long it was? This was over two hours, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like oh. two, I think 220. Because I'm, I'm getting I, – I I, shouldn't, shouldn't superhero movies be getting shorter instead of longer? Or Did feel you, shorter. I guess so. Um, I think it's, you're normally sensitive to the over two-hour movies. You were okay with that here? Did that seem overlong to you? I'm mostly sensitive to over two-hour movies when it comes to comedies uh, because I think comedies should be lean. Yeah. Uh, and I think that more and more when you see something like a – you know, as much as I love Trainwreck, a Judd Apatow comedy, he'll make them as long as he freaking feels like making them, and he just won't trim anything from them. Right. Um, and with some, you know, I'm surprised not to hear you guys grouse more about the origin story thing because usually you two are not into the origin story thing. Well, this is one we haven't seen before, and it's well, that's, yeah, method. exactly, it's an interesting yeah. one. It's yeah. different from most of them. And I really like that about this, so I'm okay with 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 lasting for a little bit longer for this type of stuff. Yeah, you brought me around. I'm okay with it too, then. And the how, do you feel, how do you feel about the time? How do you feel about the period? How do you feel Loved about it. where when it's set? Because Loved you know, one did. of the things... Go ahead. Yeah, okay, it was it one thing choice. that Alexander was like, I'm tired of World War One. I'm tired of World War Two. What? I'll never be tired of World War One. <laughs> Crazy? It's awesome. It's fucking nuts. It's the weird one. I mean, yeah, because I, I like seeing those, just those planes, those flimsy little, like, he, yeah. he's, he's not even a bike, he's in a monoplane in the first part. Like, how, how tiny that plane is. Like, it's like a kart racing game. He's a big old <laughs> dude sticking out. I love how tiny that plane was. I love seeing that big old uh, bomber biplane. Uh, I just love the German uniforms from back then. Horses I love and the, machine guns. Yeah, the yeah. costumes when they're in London. I, yeah, they you know, cavalry. And, and I don't doubt that people at the studio are like, we can't do World War One. We're not doing that we can maybe do saving private ryan world war ii but i love that this script went ahead with its world war one setting i i loved yeah. that yeah my only issue if you're gonna do a movie back then and the rocketeer movie knows this shouldn't there be a zeppelin at some point yeah Ooh, I, like that. I feel like we we should have gotten a dirigible i feel a little cheated 
But otherwise, no, I'm super glad with the setting. So Alexandra is tired of World War One, even. Well, mainly she's tired of World War Two, and it, right. well, that one, yeah. Well, that one, yeah. Right. But Dingus, you know that you're. It's uh, like Amelie is World War One, right? That's that's mm-hmm. that's that's your jam. Uh, uh, Amelie is my jam. Is that what you just said? I did. What about Audrey Tatro as Wonder Woman? Yeah, see. <laughs> Isn't she too pixie, though? You know what? Good point, Diggs. Yeah, that's if Wonder Woman. Audrey Tatro as Tinkerbell is, is I think, right. the direction I should be taking. I, I do not have any problem with uh, who they cast as Wonder Woman. I'm wondering who you guys would have. I mean, mm, I'm guessing. Wilson. What'd you say? No, that's terrible. That'd be terrible. Rachel Bilson, but she would be even more Gal Gadot than Gal Gadot. Uh, I would – I don't – I want to look up her name. So in Lady Blood Fight – and I'm, I'm not joking. I love this movie. It is a great example. It's, it's, it's an 80s action movie that's like, screw dudes. We don't need dudes for this stuff. It, this is like all about women being physical – doing the kind of stuff that would normally be a man's action movie. Even their motivations like have this cool uh, women's slant to them for how they interact with each other. Like in the, in the, in the, the shower scene that would normally be titillation, they're just all being friendly with each other. The shower scene in Lady Blood Fight isn't about, hey, let's see chicks in various states of undress. It's about, hey, let's see the chicks behind the scenes being really friendly with each other, even though they're about to have to go out and fight. Like Lady Blood Fight is so good. And, and there's, a, there's a New Zealand actress in that, and I wish I could remember her name, uh, who plays uh, – well, she's just one of the fighters. Uh, she, she maybe got some Maori blood. Uh, she's, she's a darker woman, but just sort of short and squat, uh, just powerful physically. I would love to see. She's not the least bit famous, but that's someone who I would love to see her playing Wonder Woman. She's got a delightful charisma, unlike a lot of the other actors in Lady Bloodfight. She's really fluid with the dialogue because a lot of these young ladies are actors so much as stunt women. Uh, so this young woman who plays the New Zealand chick in Lady Bloodfight, that's who I'd like to see. It would never happen, but that would be my best Wonder Woman. Melissa McCarthy. One, two, three, not only you and me, got 180 degrees when I'm cold in between. Counting one, two, three, feet apart, matter free, getting down with three feet, everybody loves open. So you would not have chosen Gina Carano. Uh, I love that you say that. Uh, (laughs) Having seen Gina Carano's on-screen magnetism and charisma, and it's a very distinct style. No, I don't think she could have pulled it off, I'm afraid. I didn't like the car she picked in Haywire. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible Wonder Woman. (laughs) Tom wanted Michael Angarano to play. (laughs) Steve Trevor, right? (laughs) Bonnie Franklin. So the woman, I looked it up. The woman's name is, this is an awesome name, Jet Tranter. Oh, come on. Yep. No, it's the that foundation of Atlanta. It's and, something that uh, Stan Lee came up with. <laughs> I know, it does sound like it. She's in the uh, the upcoming Thor movie. as as her, She's credited as Valkyrie's sister. So she's halfway there, basically. <laughs> mm. Uh, all right, so that was Wonder Woman. Uh, Dingus, I'm jealous. I really wanted to like this, and I'm the stick in the mud. Kelly Wand, at least you're closer to Dingus' side than I am. I was hard for parts of it. <sighs> <laughs> Too soon? 
There you go. Well, uh, we have, was, we have a double three by three. Well done. <laughs> what was Lucy Davis's great line about suffrage? We won't get the vote if we fisticuffs. Yeah, it was something like that. Uh, yeah, I wanted more of that. That was adorable. All right, uh, Dingus. What is Dawn. this three by three? It's your three best stairs. Hmm. So, not Jesus. stairs like I'm staring at you. We've right. already gone over that. All right. I so love this topic because I got to watch two movies that I wouldn't normally watch. But I'm going to start, and it booted off. Can we make this a – can I have four, Dingus? Uh, oh, you're thinking sounds about Sounds like it. a yes. Yeah. About, he's considering it. He's considering it. That's a Wonder Woman yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dingus, I'm walking towards the door, and I'm closing it. Here I go. Uh, so I actually no, – actually, I'm totally distracted by the fact that we had a bunch of people write in, and I said nothing about anything that they said because I was so distracted by you guys. Wait, people wrote in with non-stairs three-by-threes? No, no, people wrote Woman. in with thoughts on Wonder Woman. Oh, and my I gosh. Didn't, Let's go over those real quick. I yeah, didn't yeah, any, I want to know. any of their ideas in. I feel terrible. I, I think that. a lot of people are, are – uh, I think me and Kelly are the odd men out. I imagine a lot of people were really – and, and uh, the, the critical response clearly was very pro-Wonder Woman uh, commercially. I'm delighted by the, well that it's, the, by the way that it's doing well. Uh, yeah. I couldn't be happier for a DC property to make a ton of money than uh, Wonder Woman. So, um, so yeah, what what kind of things did people write in with, Dingus? All right, so Sebastian Dunn. Uh, all right, he's with you guys. Uh, he enjoyed the movie in spite of her performance. <laughs> he says it, it seems she would be a better fit for any one of horrendous superhero TV shows. Ooh, Sebastian Dunn, that's that's a low blow. Ooh. <laughs> and he actually oh, I, I actually like what he says. Uh I, d- I know you don't like I know he says to he's saying this to me. I don't you know I know you don't like people to crap on child actors. I don't think Gil Gadot is a child actor, but he would have <laughs> liked to see Robin Wright as Wonder Woman instead. And if you could actually go back in time, that's fine with me cuz Robin Wright is she's pretty she kick that's well, what I liked about Gal Gadot. She looked ethnic. She's supposed to be a Greek Amazon. But, but the thing with Robin Wright, though, this idea, too, that uh, you know, once Wonder Woman gets older, like a sort of a Dark Knight older Batman, uh, doing that angle with a Wonder Woman with, with Robin Wright would be amazing. I would love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is a, actually a good point, too, that Sebastian makes. He, he thinks that the, her powers are undefined. That's exactly. Yeah. Like, she can fly? Like right. I, she can she can super jump, but but by the end of the movie, I'm not sure I knew from Batman versus Superman that she could fly. Maybe she could. I don't remember. But also, she has like a magic like force blast um, that I wasn't real clear on that she got to use. And I, I'm sure we all agree that the the CG fight at the end with David Thewlis was was a bit of a narrative pop out. Yeah, yeah. Like even like Dingus, I that. I mean, I, I would have Amazon rather versus the God of War, and that's well, what that is. Well, here's the thing: I would have rather them just talk, just have the conversation where he's like, yeah. "You're a goddess. You're also a god. Uh, you're now gonna, you know, come rule with me." That whole thing, and I'm okay again with these broad comic book strokes. I'm fine with that. Uh, just make that a conversation, and we don't have to have punching. And she's like, "No," and then she punches him and wins. I would have loved that if it had been a conversation instead of CG. And I imagine or you're punch. with me on the fingers. I'm definitely with you because that does really feel like uh, whatever that video game you guys made me watch you play the other day, Injustice. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
there's a there's a DC Comics fighting game where you could be like Wonder Woman and Batman and Superman. Yeah, and they punch the hell out of each other. <laughs> and there's a lot of effects. Yeah, that's all it looks like because she's like holding a tank and she's like, oh, I'm just gonna drop the tank. Uh, maybe I'll get my my super huge uh, fight move off, or maybe I won't. I don't know. But it's just like a lot of punching and like lasers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so then we have Fredbo who uh, says Fredbo. he found uh, or Fredbo found it to be generally enjoyable. Ranks it as a better comic book movie, um, but it doesn't really live up to the hype. Even though it's like this whole uh, women and girls in Hollywood, it distracts from it being just basically a competent large scale movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Good work. Good All right, Arthur Jovangeli says um, that Gail – Gal, sorry. I keep calling her Gail. I, 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 really? I get distracted by saying her last name because Tom I and I understand <laughs> how to say it. Because I hear Gail. every time I say Godot, because Tom has instructed me that that's how you say her name, anybody else I talk to says it's Godot. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, and the L is silent. I'm sure Tom is right about this. Anyway, he, he says she's over, overwhelming. Uh, Arthur Gelman Jolly says she's overwhelmingly beautiful. She did a great job of keeping up with the charming mixture of curiosity, enthusiasm, and conviction. And she was totally, and he was totally surprised by her performance and by how much he liked the movie. All right, Arthur Gelvalola Jelly is on your side. If we're keeping score, uh, he also says Chris Pine is really growing on me. Uh, well, you should see a doctor about that. <laughs> if He's it, if fine. It's it's for four hours. No, I thought he was great, and I think it's—I think it's actually a brave performance, to be honest. From my point of view, this is just me talking because he's—he's yeah. he's being the—he's being the, to use Tom's term, the chick of the movie, and he's fine with it. The lasso of truth seemed to me like it was a lasso of indigestion. What? That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, when he was saying he was a spy, his his whole idea <laughs> of being truthed it was more like. But, you just have bad indigestion. Don't I don't know. I don't know how you're supposed to do a lasso. He wraps it around his wrist himself to prove that he's Yeah, all right. Him. All right. Dingus. Kelly Wand, Dingus, had a, Dingus got me on that one, didn't he, Kelly Wand? That's the only time she uses it. She doesn't use it on Aries when she needs to. Well, it wouldn't work on Aries. Duh. Jeez, Kelly oh. Wand. Well, it would have worked on Danny Houston. She Kelly Wand learned some rules. Hmm. She didn't uh, need Danny. Are, yeah, she didn't need him to tell the truth. She knew what she needed to know. I was disappointed she didn't get her invisible jet, by the way. When do we get yeah. that? Fuck. Yeah, now she just flies. That's yeah, she doesn't need one now. Yeah. <laughs> I like that she's flying jet with invisible controls. Like, that's really goes back powered. to the ill-defined de- Ill powers. I was fine with her glowing wrists because she's becoming a god and she's understanding that she's becoming a god. I didn't understand all the, you can't come back to the island, don't let her know. I mean, don't let her know what she is because then he's going to know who she is. I didn't know. I didn't know if that was a whole Age of Ultron kind of a thing. Like, as soon as evil knows that there's a good person, where they're going to come running around. Arthur also says when Wonder Woman sweet spotted her Captain Falcon knee of justice on that German soldier, the Smash Brothers who went to the movie with me and I both stood up, pumped our fist and shouted nice. <laughs> see, <laughs> they should have shouted knees. Oh, see. All right, we have Chris Brawley. Uh, he took his teenage daughter to see this. Ah, yay, good. 
he said our first movie together was Spider-Man 2 and expectations for Wonder Woman are pretty low after what DC has been doing lately but I hope it would at least give my 17 year old daughter a chance to experience a strong female lead with strength, integrity, hope and uncompromising values um, by the time we exited the theater both our expectations have been greatly exceeded see Wait. I mean, I basically what? everything Kelly Wan and I say is worth bupkis compared to what Chris Brawley's daughter thinks. That yeah, to I me is, so is what yeah. that's what matters about this movie. I don't that I didn't like it. That Kelly Wan didn't like it. Big deal. It's not for us. It's for Chris Brawley's daughter and for women like that. That's awesome. That makes me happy. Uh, so he, you know, he thinks it's better than Man of Steel, Batman uh, I mean, all this and even Suicide Squad. Sorry, Tom. Um, uh, Why are I you apologizing to me about Suicide Squad? <laughs> you loved Suicide Squad. I did kind of like it, that. I know. Let's yeah. not bring that up. That's okay. Um, <laughs> Story by Zack Snyder. It says, what, he, what impressed him the most is that Gal Gadot personified Wonder Woman almost as much as Christopher Reeve personified Superman. Whoa. Mm. High praise. Oh, and he says something that none of us agree with, but I like that he says this. Thank you, Chris. The chemistry between Chris Pine and Gal... Gadot is part of the film's charm, as well as many of the tropes that made Captain America the first Avenger and even Disney's The Little Mermaid fun. I do find myself getting a little confused with like the DC uh, Marvel split just because I'm not a comic book guy. And there were times in the movie I was like, well, wait, isn't she going to run into Captain America? Like, oh, no, wrong universe. No. I know. Yeah, like I have to keep that stuff straightened out in my head it gets confused up in there sometimes for me there's no confusion and you can tell instantly by the hero which universe it is wait why can't look at because the dumb ones are all dc the ones where you're like what are their powers <laughs> and like the marvel ones are like strong invisible force field like it's all like wizard iron man like really obvious uh let's see talks to fish Hulk. yeah <laughs> Vulnerable right. to green he crystals. Right. At costume, uh, he's super in some ways. Um, she has a bracelet. Uh, right. Yeah, talks so, you guys wait. Uh, the, the 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 Aquaman movie is going to be awesome. You'll see. Oh, he's so great when he speaks English. <laughs> Boy, I was going. I was having a long conversation with Alexandra about this movie, and I could not think of Aquaman's name. I just kept thinking of Poseidon. And he has I, a name. <laughs> I could not think of who that dude was. I was like, you know, that picture. She's like, well, what was the deal with that picture? All right, well, that picture was shown when so and so's, you know, when she's going through the thumb drive in the original movie. <laughs> and and that shows that picture. And we also see that guy who talks, who talks <laughs> the fish. He's got gills. Water Duffy, dude. I can think of Patrick yeah. Duffy. Seaman. It's Patrick Duffy who played him in the in the television show, right? Man from Atlantis, Dingus. Oh, I thought that was Aquaman. Oh, please. Please. Marvel's name's Namor or Namor. Oh, that's not a DC thing as well? I thought like Namor was one of Aquaman's buddies or something. No. He has oh. a, he's the Marvel Aquaman. He has a crush what? on Invisible Girl. Jeez, I thought Patrick Duffy was playing Aquaman. And I could just, I just I could not think of the name Aquaman. It was horrible. It's such an obvious name. Water dude. <laughs> I don't think Aquaman actually has a name. I think it's just Aquaman. Wait a minute. Come on. He's gotta have a name. Or his name's Orin. <laughs> like Orin Hatch. It's one of those Ew, gross. Orin. 
Yeah, Orin. You know, Aquaman, Orin. Orin Rowe. Right, so uh, Chris Brawley finally says uh, he was called a misogynist for not liking Lady Ghostbusters last year. <laughs> but this movie is a female-led, female-directed hit that he thought was wonderful. So he was thought of, he was called a misogynist for not liking Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's an easy uh, claim to level. Lazy, but yeah, sure. Uh, Chris Webb, I didn't care for it. Nice. <laughs> His over would be Suicide Squad, which he thought was messier, but still more interesting. Did he have an under? Um, he didn't care for any of the characters. Electra. Okay. He's on the Tom and Kelly side when it comes to Rogue One. And this Ugh. movie felt similar with a ragtag group of people he's not invested in. All right. Dingus, did you know that everyone, that the main characters live in Rogue One because they're doing a sequel? So it's the one thing you said I should like about it, that they all die isn't true anymore. So just remember that next time you read something from someone in the email about Wonder Woman. Chris Webb also says, Dr. Poison, ha, 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 ha. But the comics are probably to blame, and Mr. Freeze and Dr. Doom aren't exactly great names either. I like Dr. Poison. That's a funny fucking name. <laughs> like, if that, was your, if that was your actual last name and you went into medicine. <laughs> Dr. Poison. Yeah, my She's practice a- is not – I don't know why my practice isn't thriving. It's weird. That's right. Estelle Poison. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A doctor in malpractice. That's his last name. Uh, so Chris would give it an I am livid on his scale of I am livid to nice. Or a pilot named Crash. Hey, that works, Kelly Wong. That's no, I like that. Yeah, Steve Crash. Uh, Chris Markinson, <laughs> it's been 15 days since Chris Markinson has seen this movie. He had low expectations into, heading into the movie, but he was holding out hope, and he really liked it. Well, the, those Canadians, they're, they're affable enough. I can't imagine Markinson would say anything mean about Gal Gadot like me and Kelly Wand would. Well, he says, I think the action pieces are terrible. Aha. <laughs> the secondary characters are pretty much paper thin, and the movie seems to have a hard time trying to figure out who the main villain is. Comic books are paper thin. But he was really willing to overlook that. Um, uh, he left the theater happy. Uh, he didn't like the fight scenes. He thought they were mostly awful. Chris, you didn't like anything about this movie. What are you talking about? That's what happens. I I left happy too, and then I started thinking about it. Go, well, that was dumb. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. that act- yeah. It actually happened to Alexander as well. She, uh, one of the wonderful things about sitting in this movie, uh, we saw it in a full theater, and um, like after the first shield thing, she started clapping. She was she. That was her dingus nice badge moment she actually yelled nice it was awesome wow i was like somebody else has done this in a theater even though i've never actually done it i know dingus when you said somebody else that just you just implicated yourself you basically just jeff session you just just tweeted yourself yeah Uh exactly you just tweeted nice basically yeah uh, I did not. Yeah, you're last to go on Fox Friends and say what you really said. <laughs> <laughs> but then, and we talked about it extensively afterward, and things that we liked and we didn't like. But then a couple of days later, we were, were talking to some of her friends, and she's kind of like, eh. nuanced. <laughs> she's like, well, and I'm like, wait, what? You loved it when we saw it. And she's like, yeah, I thought about it. <laughs> That's the thing. I think 
it's like if you do go in with shit expectations, you go, that wasn't as bad as I thought. But then if you start thinking of it about it as a movie, then you go, but I didn't love it. Uh, Does so anyone Chris, love it? Chris Markinson really did like uh, Gal Gadot. Uh, and he also thought that the child Diana was really good. He, he really liked uh, Gal Gadot in this. So uh, I will take that as uh, personal validation. Thank you, Chris. I think Ding, America liked Gal Gadot. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's she's she's a winner in everybody's book. Just me and Kelly Wan are the odd men out there. Yeah. Like, I, I think she's right. she's going to be. I mean, friend. yeah, this is like after the like she was briefly in the, the Fast and Furious universe. This is going to be huge for her. She's going to be uh, a lady Harrison Ford for a lot of young women. And that's awesome. Well, uh, I certainly hope so, because I think she's great. And I think she's great in this. So. Well, you knew the candor. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is this this movie making so much? Oh, Vikander. Vikander uh, I, I imagine the Tomb Raider. Vikander and the Tomb Raider is going to be a huge setback to this this awesome trend. I'm predicting, by the way, when she comes out playing uh, Lara Croft. Uh, I don't it's think like that's Lawrence. what I was saying was going to happen with Jennifer Lawrence. So like, yeah. you start out with Winter's Bone, you turn into Mystique, then you go, oh fuck, Mystique. All right, I'm sorry to both of you and to our listeners for not feathering those in. I just got distracted and did not do any of that, which nope. I usually do. We're fine. We got those in. So now, right. Dingus, what is this week's 3x3? Three three? All right, these are your three best stairs, not stairs. Okay. Uh, these are stairs being steps or staircases, those kinds of things. Not, so, I'm looking at you weirdly. Right. So I don't get to choose four. I'm only going to choose three. It speaks volumes about how cool this topic is that I'm having to leave off the one that I'm leaving off. So I'm counting on Dingus, you or Kelly or one of the listeners to bring it up because I would hate to get all the way to the runners up before this one gets mentioned, but I'm skipping past it to choose a movie. Neither of you has ever seen, but uh, does an incredible thing with stairs. All right. So I'm just going to set it up for you real briefly. Uh, You've got a couple of like drug users and there's something going on with them. And a cop comes busting in the room and they're in an apartment and he's like, okay, you guys are under arrest. You come with me and things go wrong. And one of them gets shot and he's wounded and the cop has the gun. And so the, the, the two drug dealer guys, one of them's wounded is helping his buddy out. They go out of the apartment and they go into the stairwell to walk down and the cop is taking them to the station and they go down the stairwell and the numbers show on the floor. You know, you go from the ninth floor to the eighth floor right? and it gets down to the first floor and they go down and then they're at the ninth floor again. And they're like, what? So the guy says to the wounded guy and his buddy, wait here. And he goes back upstairs and he goes back up. And in a minute, he shows up where they are. He had gone up and then wrapped around. They're in an infinitely looping stairwell. Mm. And they're like, well, okay, this is no good. We're going to leave. But you know what? The doors suddenly have no way to open them. They oh, are... I know this. Do you really? Is it Grave Encounters? No, no, no. All this right, is a but... Spanish movie called El Incidente, uh, which is Spanish for the incident. By the way, uh, and it's about um, well, this this is the setup is these guys get stuck in an infinite stairwell. And I don't want to say too much because the reveals in this movie and the places this movie goes and it looks like it's going to be a movie just set in this stairwell. But, whoa, no, no, no. You just hold on a second uh, are really amazing. It is. is it, and I'm going to go ahead and roll this word out. If you've got any children in the room. Asked him to leave for a moment. Uh, El Incidente is an amazing mind fuck of a movie. 
and it it begins and centers around these people trapped in this stairwell and what they make of the fact that they are in a stairwell uh, with apparently no way to get out and one of them grievously wounded. Uh, the director is a Spanish movie. It's a guy named uh, Isaac Esbon. Uh, I think this is a couple of movies ago. He's, he's since made some other kind of mindfuck movies. But El Incidente uh, has just – you will never forget. You will After seeing El Incidente, the stairwell and the things that happen in it and that are done with it will be cemented in your mind forever. So that is my number three. The fact that it edged off one and that I have two that are better, like I said before, speaks volumes for this topic. Oh. All right. Kelly Wand, and by the way, Kelly Wand, you need to see El Incidente. Maybe not – Dingus should see it, but it's not for Dingus the way it's for you. Kelly Wand, the things that you liked about Swiss Army Man and, uh. and, and you will are also will be things that you kind of like in El Incidente. Like there are weird things that I thought were very uncomfortable and gross and I didn't like but that I know would appeal to you in El Incidente. I like all that stuff. Yeah. Well. Uh, how long ago was that? Uh, it's like three, four years ago, I think. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like a contemporary movie. It's definitely yeah. Um, There's a short story called "Descending" by Thomas Dish. Mm-hmm. He's like a Phil K. Dick kind of guy, and mm-hmm. uh, but it's escalators. And so he keeps ah. going down these escalators. Like, wait. Okay. So let me just the opening shot of El Incidente is an escalator. And it's just a tight shot of an escalator, and you can see the steps going past the the camera. And lying down on this escalator, a really, really old, shriveled woman, I think in a bridal gown, clutching a red notebook, sort of lying on the escalator, scrolls across the camera. And that's the opening <sighs> shot of El Incidente. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, really freaky. So, I, I, I want to say I did not say escalators. What's that from, Kelly Wand? Oh, oh no, I'm for this topic. Oh, oh, oh! I think escalators <laughs> I is a movie. separate topic. Yeah. Right, right. But there are stairs. I'm just saying, right. Kelly yeah, Wand. I'm, I'm with yeah. you. I'm just wondering how you found this movie. I mean, the, I'm totally it's, it's curious. Actually, uh, it, it did the uh, film festival circuit. It got a lot of critical acclaim. I think he's done a couple of movies since then that haven't done as well. But it's it's just this guy has sort of arrived on the scene. And it's part of this this wave of Spanish filmmakers. That's guys like you know Benicio del Toro, Alexander Iñárritu. Uh, this guy kind of belongs in that wave of cinema, I believe. Oh, uh, okay. It's a horror movie title, of course. Tom's seen it. Right, exactly. There you go. If it's got a horror movie title, I've seen it. But it's not a. Tradition. I don't see quarantine. I see wreck. <laughs> that's Tom. Yeah, exactly. And wreck. Wreck is another example. Kelly Wan. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Carriers. The, in- the incident a better title than the happening. It's because it's in Spanish. It makes it sound more exotic. The Happening right. would have been a good title if the movie had been awesome and we'd all gone. Oh, remember the Happening? Oh, no, like, don't get me started on how it's a good script. Well, it's an incident. Is the incident just a scene in the Happening? Mrs. Jones? <laughs> are there? Are, I will say there are happenings in the movie. The incident. It does come out. Talking to a plastic plant. A science teacher. Kelly Wan, what is your third favorite staircase or stairs in a movie? Well, it seems weird because Dingus uh, – never mind. Okay, but do a quote. <laughs> you got him? I got him. That's my favorite. Oh, favorite. can I guess? Can I, I mean, is it Untouchables? Yeah. Yeah. There's no Come stairs on, in that. What are you talking about? Yeah. It is, is, it, uh, is it the baby carriage scene? Yeah. 
who says you got why do I know this? I think it's because Dingus has talked about it so much that I watched it on YouTube or something. It's Garcia uh, and Costa, because they're the only two left. Oh yeah, you know they throw yeah, right, right. Someone throwing someone a Yeah, gun. A, yeah, a gun, right, right, right. They're getting revenge for Connery, brah. Dingus, did Kelly one scoop you? Nope. What? But been, that's the thing. It's been on Dingus's last nine lists in a row. And then he <laughs> picks this topic, and then I'm like, well, that's the stairs. And then I go, if it's on Dingus's list, he's really weird because he picked a topic. And hey, one last time for Untouchables. It's like coming out for a 50th bow. Remember when I talked about it the last six times? The baby carriage. Now, that scene would have worked just on a on a slope, like on a ramp, right? You didn't need yeah. No, because you need the ba- the idea that the baby, the carriage might tip over. And oh, that it's like, like roughly bounced around as yeah. it goes down the step. You know what? Good point. Yeah, yeah. All right. Like, the baby's like, what the fuck? The mouth on that baby. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a live baby. Because <laughs> that's baby why he likes that. Mom with that mouth? Jeez. It caused a head trauma. It made him eat milkman. <laughs> All right, Dingus, third favorite stairs in a moment. Kelly Wand. No, I love that you picked that. I didn't have to. Thank you very much. Kelly yeah, Chris Webb Web can make fun of you. Take, count on you to take up the slack on one of them that I didn't pick, too. Kelly Wand, you better. Don't let me down. All right, Dingus, number three. All right, here's a quote from it. Uh, rather than doing an interview with me, which would be interesting, by the way, because of the interesting word usements I structure. <laughs> Is this a Trump uh, <laughs> rally or something? Word usements I structure. Yeah. If, I, if, I, if I've seen this movie, I'm disappointed in myself that I've forgotten. It's a Trump in uh, France. This is one of my favorite lines of all time. The interesting word usements I structure. And it's made by a character named Harris K. Tellenmacher. Hmm. Galaxy Quest? I don't Whiplash. know what else uh, teller did you say whiplash yeah yeah kelly one heard the word teller and just thought yeah My yeah house. wait That's no is it, it okay response. is it is steve martin play the character yep la story very good yes uh, la story and it's the early part where he decides to uh go around traffic by driving through uh, all these people's yards and he ends up driving down um this uh this huge uh, staircase, basically, in his car. He's he's driving his, I don't know, whatever weird uh, Chrysler convertible that he's driving uh, in order to get to work. He's driving through the sprinklers that clean off the car. He drives through somebody's um, backyard as they're having breakfast, and they wave at him like he does this every day. He's just getting around L.A. traffic, and then there's this whole thing that seems like it would be more from – a movie that would be set in San Francisco, uh, but he drives down this huge staircase in his car while he's like getting himself ready for work as a weatherman. What's the when does this line not even come into play in the scene? You're just cheating by using great lines from other scenes in the movie. I am using great lines from other scenes in the movie, kind of inspired by the fact that Kelly Wan brought up ramps the last time, which I think is a different topic. Uh-huh. Uh, because uh, one of the things that he suggests for the interview that he's doing with um, uh, Victoria Tennant, uh, who is, uh, I, I think her name is Sarah in the movie, um, is he has these uh, shoes that a lot of kids wear nowadays that are basically skating shoes. And, oh, right, right. Uh, 
And she's like, you could do it at the Guggenheim. And he's like, oh, I get that. I get that. The Guggenheim. Because you could just go around and around, you know, on the ramps. Uh, and so Kelly Wan talking about the ramps made me think about him talking to her about. And there's uh, the, the quote I should have done is, oh, a walk, a walk in L.A. But uh, that's uh, obvious. It would give you guys the idea that it was L.A. story. Mm-hmm. But this is my this is my favorite my favorite line from the movie is the interest, interesting word used Mensai structure when he's talking to her about the interview that she's going to do with him. And instead of doing it at the Guggenheim, they're going to do it somewhere else. Is he being funny or is he dumb? Yes. <laughs> I will accept I that. I can relate. <laughs> yeah. My second favorite staircase in a movie, and I was so glad to get to rewatch this. Uh, I'm going to give you oh, – good lord, I can't do a line from this. Uh, I'll describe the opening scene. A woman is driving drunk, and the man in the car with her is upset about that, and he wants her to stop driving drunk, so he punches her to knock her out. What? It is really, really weird. I'm very uncomfortable with that part, uh, but then the rest of the movie happens, and I'm okay with it. Oh, my God. You just gave me an idea for a topic of people driving drunk. You just, you, you told, Hold on. You, let, me, told let me write down. Today's like three right three. Yeah. Hey, I'm write down punch girl in face. <laughs> three three. Uh, so this this uh, you, you see uh, I, this movie's got to be for, well. It's after forty six. I mean, the war couldn't have still been going. Cause it's about Nazis, but uh, so this movie. One of the things I forgot about this movie, and I, I wished I'd remembered it for face reveals, although you don't really reveal his face. Is uh, a woman's father is being tried for being a, a Nazi spy in the U.S. and she, uh, I think he's died in prison, and she's a little broken up about it, uh, and she's trying to sort of party away her her despair. And she's at a party, she's drinking, she's got a bunch of people around her, and there's a man sitting there watching her. He's not drinking. He's just sitting, and the camera shoots from the back of his head. You just see the back of his head. And she's like pouring drinks for the guests, and she starts flirting with him, and he's completely impassive, just sitting there looking at her. And eventually the camera comes around, and you see it's Cary Grant, uh, and the woman who's up there partying is Ingrid Bergman. And they go on a drive, and they get pulled over because she's totally drunk, and she's driving along the road. And the cop pulls her over and says, ma'am, uh, you know, you're you're driving drunk. We're going to take you to jail or whatever. And Cary Grant hands over his wallet to the cop. And the cop is like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Carry on. And he gives the guy the wallet back and salutes. And we find out that Cary Grant is a spy, and he's been sent to recruit Ingrid Bergman to infiltrate Nazis in South America. And there's something going on with them because her father was a Nazi sympathizer. So this is Hitchcock's Notorious. Uh, Um. Notorious is just so many scenes. I mean Hitchcock's so brilliant. It's just so many scenes of people talking to each other. Uh, and it's Cary Grant and Ingrid Bergman. He's using her for this spy program, but he, of course, falls in love with her. And by the way, he is such a putz in this movie. It's mean, not like a hater, if I remember right. He's, a, he he's what? super mean to her. He's, he's, he's super pissy. He's all detached. Yeah, he's super pissy. Yeah. He's the one who gets her into this plot. And then when Claude Rains, who she's spying on, falls in love with her and asks her – to marry him, she doesn't know what to do. And he's like, fine, go ahead, marry Like, he sulks. 
He, <laughs> he's such a dill hole in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so she marries Claude Rains, and he's got this ring of Nazis that he's working with, and, and you find out they're shipping uranium and wine bottles. It's this super cool, weird plot. Uh, and even weirder is Claude Rains lives with his crazy German mother, and he's constantly got these weird Nazi spies that he's having meetings with in his house. So he marries Ingrid Bergman, who, oh my god, she's so freaking gorgeous. It is just amazing. But it is so weird seeing her with anyone that's not Humphrey Bogart. I'm just very uncomfortable with that. Like I, I watch this movie and I'm like, um, no, Cary Grant, good-looking guy, but this, he's not right for you, lady. You know. Yeah. But it's a Hitchcock. It is a Hitchcock, right? So the the whole point of the, this and why I love, you know, he lives in a big, beautiful house, and at a certain point he has a party, and there's a great scene during the party where she's got to steal a key and sneak into the wine cellar to find out what's going on, and the party highlights this front room with a beautiful staircase leading up to the second floor, uh, and so we see this in a couple of scenes, and then in the end of the movie. Claude Rains finds out that she's a spy, but he doesn't want his Nazi compatriots to know that he has married a spy, so he can't let them know that he knows she's a spy. So he and his mother plot to slowly poison her to death. So she's upstairs in bed being poisoned to death. Uh, She's sick. She can't get up. Cary Grant has written her off. He's like, fine, whatever. He thinks that she doesn't want anything. You know, they loved each other, but this plot has screwed it up, and so she's just going to gradually die and get killed. But Cary Grant eventually decides, you know, I'm going to just go drop by and just say something to her one last time. And there's this great scene, and this is the climax of the movie. And if, if Notorious had been made today, it would be a shootout. But there's a scene where he goes upstairs and he finds her, and he takes her. She can barely walk. She can, you know, she, she's grateful to see him, but she can. She's just insensate from being poisoned. He's carrying her. He's holding her. She's leaning against him. Claude Rains comes running up. He's like, "What are you doing? You can't do that." And you know, I, I'm going to stop you. And Cary Grant bluffs him by making him think he's got a pistol in his pocket and they walk slowly down the stairs while the nazis with whom claude rains is meeting come out of a door and they're watching and saying hey what's going on up there and claude rains can't say what's going on and cary grant knows he can't say and the mother is tagging along behind them she doesn't know what to do she doesn't want her son to get killed and the whole point of notorious it all leads up to this slow walk down the stairs being watched by nazis with cary grant claude rains ingrid bergman and and claude rains's batty german mother that's the point of the movie once they get to the stairs and out the door the movie's over like that's what we needed to know is that cary grant cares enough about her and that he can outsmart Claude Rains enough to get her out of the doorway, down the stairs and out of the doorway. And I just love that walk down the stairs. And the way Hitchcock shoots it, by the way, the elevation of the camera is showing you how close they're getting to the bottom of the stairs and therefore the front door. You're seeing their point of view with the Nazis down in the foyer down there watching. You see the point of view getting lower and lower and lower. As they and he descend. cheats. Did you know that? He cheats too. How, like he, how does he they, cheat? He reuses some of the stairs, but from different angles. Oh, as far as like the length, the the time it would take for them. Yeah, like if Ah. you count how many stairs they go down, they go down more stairs in the shots. That's like that's like in Bullet, one of the cars uh, loses five hubcaps. (laughs) Right, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, you just made me think of another one that I didn't even think of, Tom. Three Uh, by stairs, you mean? Yeah. 
You better shut up because it's probably my number one. I don't want to hear it. It might be. I don't know. But if it's not, it will definitely be a runner. So I can't – Grandpa movies I don't get. But Grandpa movies with Ingrid Bergman – and actually (sighs) that and Casablanca are the only ones I know. I know she's got other movies. But Notorious is is so cool because, like I said, it's just all talking. Like there's no shootout. There's no chase scene. It doesn't need one. It's just people talking to each other, and it's awesome. Gosh, she's amazing. So, yeah. you know, it's got, what is it? It's got to be like 46, 47, something like that. Back then, they didn't know how to make movies, but every now and then, someone like Hitchcock would accidentally make a great movie anyway. And that's so, yeah, that's his only. Accidentally. Yeah, that's the only one he's got. Yeah. <laughs> he's a one hit wonder, that Hitchcock. No, she no, is low a whole bunch. He lucked into a bunch of them, but I'm saying these other people from, I, I don't you know. The, oh, I love the Cary Grant Hitchcocks the most. They're my favorites. Yeah, like, me too, because the, the first thing I thought of when Tom talked about. Drunk driving is North by Northwest. Yeah, well, that, that's the weird. Like he, she's she's sassy. Like she does. She wants to keep driving. She doesn't want to let loose of the wheel. He karate chops her hand. <laughs> like oh, she's holding on the wheel. He karate chops her hand and she pulls it back. Like he's hurt her, but she's still fussing. And they do this weird thing where his body obstructs her face, and he does a jab with his fist, and they do a punch effect, and then she passes out. It's like really yeah. weird. It's like in Night of the Living Dead. Uh, the the Barbara woman, she you know the the guy holed up in the house punches her when she freaks out. Like apparently back in the you know sixties, fifties, forties, you punch hysterical women to deal with them. That's just right. so weird seeing. Back when Wonder Woman took place, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, she punched constantly. Well, that's eventually an airplane joke. You know, they're smacking the woman yeah. to get her to stop being hysterical. But those, by the way, are open handed. Like this is yeah. really like this is some weird CIA. Well, they're open-handed, shit. but but the whole joke is there's a whole line of people. Like one of them has a pipe, one of them has oh, yeah, like yeah. boxing gloves on. <laughs> so and does also deal smack her again? Like after leave her alone, and then he just looks at her and just does one yeah, last we'll, one. We've got I've got this. Don't worry, I've got this. Yeah. I can't believe yeah. I go from from Hitchcock and then you guys start talking airplane. <sighs> I think there's a Very direct hard. line. That's why Cary Grant Hitchcock's are better, is because he had a lot. Like he also was in um, Suspicion, the one where you're not sure if he's poisoning his wife. Like he's not sure right. if he's a murderer or not. And they they soft pedaled the ending; they changed it. But uh, like Jimmy Stewart couldn't do that. You can't see Jimmy Stewart being Vertigo. In he's a dick in Vertigo. Wait yeah. a minute, he's in. I, I haven't seen Suspicion. He's not sure if he's poisoning his wife, and he's also in Arsenal Place. Sure. Yeah, he's a poisoner. Is he only in poisoning movies? <laughs> <laughs> That's how he does it. Right. He's a, uh, so my number two might be Hitchcock, I forget. But uh, I do <laughs> quotes from it to so jog your memories. There's a scene in a party where a guy with muscles flexes them, and he goes, how do you like these pecs? And then the character Doreen unzips her top. And she goes, how do you like these bushels? No. Zapped? No. Good guess. Same year. <laughs> 82. Porkies? Uh, there's a scene where Ducky, the party guest, she's all, is that a slot oh, in your uh, sweet oh, 16. 16 candles? Pretty in pink. No. 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 No, no, we're both right. Dingus and I both got it. You're wrong, Kelly Wand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ducky's in one of those movies. Ducky and Ginger? Gilligan's anyway. Island? No, different ginger. She's not even redhead. 
But at one point, Ginger goes, where did all these girls come from at the party? And then Ducky goes, I don't know. One of these studs must have called a pound. So she's making fun of him. Is it a John Hughes movie? No. Ducky's. It's... Ducky's. Okay, go ahead. I don't know what you're talking about. It's directed by Bud Townsend. But he used the name Pat Townsend. Ah, Townsend. Back to uh, North by Northwest. It's the movie The Beach Girls. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> wow. Just, All right, what are the, what's the stairs scene? I consider obviously. this better than Untouchables, but not as good as my number one. <laughs> uh, but in, there's a running gag of a gardener who might be Hispanic. It's a little unclear because he's kind of white, but he has a mustache. And so he his thing is he's always trying to spy on the party because there's a lot of raunchy hijinks going on at the party. And he's like, trying to trim hedges and stuff and they keep distracting him and he keeps like he get, he'll like he'll use his shears accidentally on a wire and electrocute himself instead of getting laid so that's kind of his character so then at one point uh, he's at the top of some stairs uh, doing something like vacuuming or dusting or something and then uh, some people go into a pool and two dudes go in, and then they take their, some women take their tops off, and then a bunch of people go into the pool. And then he gets really, the gardener's watching, and then he he just, he likes the sight of it. And then he leans back, and he falls down the stairs, like, for a long time. And then he, like, stands up on a landing, and then two girls are coming up the stairs, and they go, hi. And then he nods at them, and then he falls down more stairs. So I always like it when... Something happens again in the movie. Like when Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible makes the uh, knocklist disappear from his hand, and then he does it again. Like a couple of seconds, like, like, what? Where is it? And then he like, disappear again. It's like the second time. So that's my number two, Beach Girls. Wow, all right. You don't hear that one on 3x3s a lot. <laughs> you know, I don't know what your fucking Cary Grant bullshit is. <laughs> Thing is, how do you top that? Beach Girls is the second best staircase. You got anything to say about that? Anything better than Beach Girls? Summer Maybe for eighty two, best <laughs> summer for movies ever. And stairs, yeah. yeah. What I have to say about that is, I think that this speaks to Kelly Wan's particular particular brilliance in that he chose something that I choose all the time, and then he chose something that would never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that exactly. is brilliance. Yes, I agree. Girls. That's what I'm saying. I agree with myself. I agree with the music as well. It's about a party. <laughs> I don't know if I was clear. All right, here's a bit of dialogue from my number two choice. Uh, in this family, we do not solve our problems by shooting people. No, in this family, we shoot them. Hmm. It's not beach girls. Are you sure? No, not entirely. Death no, wish. actually, I think I said the quote right. It's not shooting. It's we do not solve our problems by hitting people. No, we shoot. Yeah, them. Dingus, if you'd gotten the quote right, we would have gotten the movie. See, now you blew you guys it. Would have totally got it. Yeah. Sorry. All right, so you might as well just tell the listeners because you blew it. Otherwise, right. me and Kelly Wand would know. Uh, this is My a fair lady. in the movie uh, History of Violence. Oh, oh the, Dingus, this is no best rough oh, sex right. scenes is not this week's three by three. Sorry. Uh, this makes me feel a little iffy because yeah, I'll say um, uh, I love this movie. So at least Dingus, he doesn't punch her when she's drunk. Right. 
it's not punch drunk love. Um, it's, uh, but it is a spousal rough sex, almost, almost rape scene, basically on a staircase. Um, but I love their relationship in this movie and I love the way that this movie works all of that out. And I like that it takes place on the stairs uh, because it just seems so rough and awful and weird, but still uh, violent and sexy. So history of violence. All right. Uh, it's time for our favorite stair scenes. Uh Okay. This uh, also this is again. Sometimes they they accidentally make a great movie. This fella he probably has other good movies. This is the only one I know, uh, and I not even even the director. Like the direction's fine, but oh my god, Gloria Swanson is so amazing in Sunset Boulevard. I hadn't seen it in a while. Glorious. I just cannot take my eyes off of her every moment she's on screen, and it's. I, I, it would be so easy to ape her performance and just make it like vamping and chewing scenery, but I don't know what it is about her in Sunset Boulevard, but it all just – it just feels like weirdly real, and she's such a real character, and I know that Gloria Swanson herself had a career in silent movies and could probably understand what the character Norma Desmond was going through, but oh my god, it's just, it's just – it's, it's such a fascinating performance. I mean, if you were to just look at the history of acting and people would talk about, eh, Marlon Brando or whatever, how can you not highlight what, Glor- what, what Gloria Swanson does in Sunset Boulevard as some of the most amazing acting ever on film? It's just – it's captivating. Uh, so the finale of Sunset Boulevard, when Eric von Stroheim, who's playing basically himself – he was a director for Gloria Swanson early on uh, – as her kind of butler caretaker, and you find out he's her first husband. The way he coaxes her down the stairs after she's murdered William Holden and all the police and the reporters have assembled, just her walk down the stairs at the end of Sunset Boulevard is utterly heartbreaking, uh, and it, it's the height of her weird vampy performance, but it's just heartbreaking. It's so amazing. Um, so I got to watch Sunset Boulevard again this week, and you know, it's it's just the fact that they made a, a movie that good in 1950—it's like a miracle. Like it's that's got to be there's got to be some divine weirdness going on there. There was nothing good before that. I know, right? I mean, yeah. Casablanca, sure, Notorious, yeah, that was great. But then 1950, something as good as Sunset Boulevard gets made. Like it's it's not going to be until '70s cinema. Whoever this Billy Wilder fellow was, he, he kind of knew what he was doing. It seems he lived up to his name. <laughs> I guess so. Eh, it's like a yeah, it's like, it's like a Van Wilder. That kind of diminishes the, the name for me. But uh, are they related in the mythos? Probably. I don't know much about the Van Wilder universe. That was before I was really uh, hip to Ryan Reynolds, so I couldn't say. Uh, you can see Rise of Taj. Don't even know what you're saying. Don't know those, those words fit together. And I don't think I could name another Billy Wilder movie. What's another famous Billy Wilder movie? Some like it hot. The apartment. Yeah, the apartment. So Jack Lemon stuff. No, wait. Yeah. That, okay. Kelly Wan, can you believe that Tom, two of Tom's picks are Notorious and Sunset Boulevard? Yeah, and he didn't say the term grandpa movie. Every now and then, yeah. grandpa's grandpa movies are good. You know what can I say? I forgot. Yeah, you guys remember, Dingus Winslow? Have you seen? You guys have seen Sunset Boulevard, right? Everybody knows that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the monkey in that? <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? <laughs> what? I don't remember the monkey in it. 
Oh, so when he first get, gets to her house and she thinks that he, you know, he, he's hiding from debt collectors, right? He pulls into her driveway and his car's broken down. So he, he gets up to go to the house to use the phone to call for a tow truck. Uh, she waves him in. And he's he's sort of a scam artist at this point. He's he's such a jerk in this movie. I hate William Holden in this movie. Uh, but she waves him in, and and he allows her to think that he's there for something else, and he doesn't know what it is. And he calls her into a room, and it turns out that she's wanting a coffin for someone to be buried. And he Ugh. because he needs to lay lay low while the debt collectors go by he allows her to think that he's the coffin guy and she leads him into a room and she's talking about how she wants a coffin with white satin inside and she's being all crazy Nora Desmond and there's a body underneath a, a blanket a sheet and an arm falls out from underneath the sheet and suddenly this is a horror movie because the arm is a claw with fur and nails and it's like ooh, what I don't remember that and then she pulls the sheet back and it's like a dead orangutan like you, you guys oh, remember I it was a costume from whatever movies. No, it's a dead monkey that she buries, and then it, it, there's all these weird touches. There's the 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 organ that has the wind blowing that's making the weird noises, and there's the corpse of this ape that she's having buried, and then later on she sees uh, Max and Nora De- Norma Desmond burying the ape by candlelight. Like just weird little touches that I'd completely forgotten about. That ape claw falling out of the the blanket. That's just like. It was like terrifying. It's like, oh my god, what is that hand? And then she pulls the the blanket back. It's in a monkey. I know which character I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to say too, because I looked this up, because uh, like Gloria Swanson, like in early silent movies, she was really hot. Yeah, they all were. <sighs> yeah, like Mary Pickford and stuff. Like, golly, yeah. man, those wow, holy cow, Santa Barbara. I don't know who that one is, but uh, she was okay. the hit girl. Wow! All right. So okay, Sunset Boulevard, obviously the best staircase, because uh, it's just that that scene, and it's all about, you know, he, it's one long shot. They at one point do a reverse cut, and I'm like, no, Billy Wilder, keep the camera on her. I want to watch Gloria Swanson doing this scene. Uh, and it's a, it's amazing too how how much that scene has been like aped and shown out of context. Uh, but in context, after watching. You know, it's like a full two-hour movie. After watching the whole development of her character and how she feels about Joe, and God, he's such a dick. Uh, just in context, that scene is so incredibly powerful that I kind of resent how much it's been like lampooned and how familiar people are with it. With that, like it's so powerful in context. I hate that people, so many people, know it just out of context. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. All right. Kelly Wand, what is the second favorite staircase scene in a movie? This My second favorite is Beach Girls. <laughs> Sorry, what's one that's better than that? All right, this is slightly better than Beach Girls. It's a grandpa movie. It's called uh, The Music Box. It's like a Laurel and Hardy movie where they're trying to move a piano up these stairs in Silver Lake. And uh, it keeps falling on them. So that's my number one. And then they get to the top. What? Why are you typing Jesus Christ at me and at me and Dingus? Oh, I thought I got dropped. Oh, yeah, <laughs> all right. Sorry, I sorry I brought that up. All right, so there's a piano. There's Silver Lake. There's stairs. It's dropped. What what makes this the best stair scene ever? How do you know this is Silver Lake? By the way? Oh, because it's a famous. 
No, because it's a famous landmark in Silver Lake. It's like the music box oh. stairway. Oh, okay. It's got piano keys on it. I'm not, I was not a Laurel and Hardy person, so I don't know what you're what? talking about. They're oh, carrying just... a piano? The two of them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it says at the beginning that they leave acting and become pi- – and then they, it says we, Laurel and Hardy leave acting and collect all their money, $3.80, and go into moving pianos. So it's part of – it's canon that they – Music Box is like what the actors do. Wait, the name of the movie is Music Box? Yeah. Is it some grandpa movie with Laurel and Hardy? Yeah. So the 1930s, brah. What? No, there were no good movies back then. That's insane. Did it have sound? I thought there was a music box movie called Yeah, just a music box by with Armin Mueller Stahl. Yeah, Mueller is like a Nazi in it. Yeah, and Jessica Lange. Yeah, she's. And so Laurel and Hardy are in this movie with Jessica Lange and Armin Mueller Stahl. No, that would have been awesome though, because they could have defended him. No, he's They're trying to move the piano across several continents. Have you ever yeah. tried to move a piano, by the way? No. And I actually thought there was a – since I watched this movie as a kid, I just assumed there was a real piano in it. And it's like constantly banging around. But then <laughs> it's in like this giant crate. You never see it. And you just hear it like going – like it's falling down the stairs constantly, usually on top of Oliver Hardy. And there's a part where he's like trying to hold on to it, and it's dragging him down the stairs. And it's like a mannequin. <laughs> Hardy's first name is Oliver? Yeah, Oliver Hardy and Stanley Laurel. Laurel's first name is Stanley? Like the tool? Yeah. Yeah. They're both tools. And then a lady laughs at them, so Laurel kicks her in the ass. (laughs) And so then she punches him in the face. And then Hardy laughs at both of them. And then the chick breaks like a bottle of milk over his head. And then he stops laughing. And then she tells a cop that they harassed her, and then the cop comes over and like beats on them, like beats Laurel in the head. But then a guy with a top hat comes down the stairs, and he's upset, so they knock his hat off, and it goes all the way down. Huh. And then a truck runs over it. Man, this and is a crazy movie. And then they get to the top, and then a, a mailman's all, you guys carried that up the stairs? Oh yeah, there's also a pool of water they fall into a lot. And then the guy's all, you could have just brought it up the other way, like pulled up the truck to the driveway. And they're like, oh. So then they put, they bring it back down the stairs and then put it back on the truck and then drive up the, uh, like that's how dumb they are. And then they well, have to get up to the roof. I'm really disappointed in you, Kelly Wand. Music box. It's so <laughs> disappointed in you. And then the guy hates pianos. So he chops it up with an axe, but then his wife got it to him for him as a surprise. And then... He has to pretend that he likes it. I was sure that you of all people would have picked this one. I'm really disappointed. All right. Maybe Dingus. No, actually, Dingus isn't going to do this. All right, Dingus, what is the best staircase now that Kelly Wan screwed up the 3x3? Three three? Uh, first, I want to say that moving a piano is almost impossible. It right. Is, Wait, professionals I, have to do it. I was asked to help do this once, and <laughs> – you you go there and you're like, well, let me just test to see. Okay, yeah, I'm never going to be able to do that. Yeah, it's like getting your brakes done. Like you can do it, but no, you cost. It's like lifting Ayers Rock. I mean, you try to move special it. equipment. It's terrible. It's so heavy. It's it's filled with this huge iron harp inside. Oh Call man! Call a comedy duo and then have them do it. Alexandra asked me to help her like get a piano one time, 
and we showed up and yeah. <laughs> and we tried to lift it and we went, yeah, this is not going to happen. I think there's a phrase piano movers and the fact that there's a special <laughs> phrase for moving one object out of everything should tell you everything about how rough it can be. But I still would want to watch you try. So you, yeah, well, it wasn't. It didn't happen. What it, what happened was I tried to lift it and went, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and you know, I'm I'm not somebody who shies away from moving things. But good lord, I was as soon as I lifted this and saw the dude that was going to help me lift it, I was like, no, that's not going to happen. The other thing I wanted to say is that it's weird that given the movie we're doing this week, all three of us have chosen picks where violence is done against a woman. Oh, yeah, that's true. Tom picked somebody, picked one where a woman gets punched. I picked someone where uh, my husband basically uh, assaults his woman, sexually assaults his woman on a staircase, and you chose somebody where a woman gets kicked in the butt. Yeah, but she gets the last laugh. Right, fair enough, but it's just... I wanted to say it before somebody else did. Uh, all right, so here's my number one of all my favorite things uh, on a staircase. This is a movie I've chosen a couple of times. Uh, I feel comfortable choosing a grandpa movie since Tom has already done so twice. Tom, twice. Sometimes it happens. I only did one, so I'm much better than Tom. (laughs) Uh, I think Tom wins this because he's chosen a couple of really cool ones that I didn't even think of. I Actually, thought the other one, I, I can't believe the uh, my number four that got edged off. I can't believe Kelly Wan didn't pick it. Kelly Wan, I'm so disappointed in you. Well, I'm, Kelly Wan, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Edging you off is not as easy as it looks. Uh, hurry, Dingus. Do your favorite staircase. <laughs> All right. Here's a quote from it. The Dueling Cavalier is now a musical. So this is from the movie Singing in the Rain, and uh, dancing on stairs is really hard. And and to make it look easy and light and just part of this wonderful musical number, which is the Good Morning, Good Morning musical number, uh, the morning uh, when they decide that they're going to make Dueling Cavaliers into a musical, and that's what they're going to do. There's this great sequence where they're dancing uh, up a staircase, down a staircase, around a staircase, and then they're playing with the raincoats. But doing tap dancing on a stairs, on a staircase, um, this is one of those, one of the two things that I thought of as far as like going up and going down on stairs. Like that happens really quick. But I love this one so much because uh this this whole sequence is one of my favorite sequences in, in movies and the fact that they do it and they make it seem so effortless this whole being able to tap dance on stairs oh my god i i mean as somebody who had to learn to tap dance one time and and had a super hard time doing it the idea of actually having to tap dance on stairs and the way that uh the three of them make it look uh, i'm just crazy about this sequence and one of them's the old guy from Terran Inferno, right? Yeah. See, I know, I know my old movies. I know this stuff. Yep. You know your Gene Kelly. Debbie Reynolds said her feet. She's were great. Beating. That Gene Kelly chick was also pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty good. She gave birth to Carrie Fisher at the end of that movie. Gene Kelly. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they were related. Mm-hmm. Yep. Neither did she. She was related to a girl. Uh, she was married to a girl named Eddie Fisher, I think. Yeah, he had gold chains around his neck. It might have been Edie Fisher, actually. This is a disaster. <laughs> it certainly is. All right, let us move on to our listener picks, shall we? 
One of them better pick this one that I'd knock off of my list. Because if, if Kelly Wan can't take up the slack on this, it's up to the listeners. If this right, makes this, it all the way to three by three, I'm going to flip this table. I mean, to the runners is, up. I'm gonna flip this the is table probably away. yours. This is Brian Kent. Right. And I'm pretty sure this is going to be yours. It's from a movie called Hard Boiled. Right, Tom? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Dubs, okay, John Woo, Chow Yun Fat, whatever. During the, opening, eggs. during the opening of Hard Boiled, Tough Cop Tequila is chasing some gun runners down a narrow staircase full of people trying to escape the tea house shootout. Hard Boiled doesn't get good until the hospital. Uh, it's so good, though, then. That's a great yeah. hospital. That's where a baby doesn't ruin the scene. I agree with you guys. Mm. It's like shoot him up. Good. <laughs> uh, Brian Kent's number two, The Money Pit. Oh. Uh, I, I can't tell you why I watched The Money Pit so many times as a child. This is a movie for adults, much like the toy. <laughs> is it for adults? I'm not convinced. Uh, both of which had many moments that confused me for decades, probably due in part to VHS availability. I still remember and use many out-of-context quotes from both of these cinema, cinema classics. Years before Total Recall, I was telling all of my friends, two weeks. All right, so I only think of, this is me talking, two weeks as being from uh, Total Recall. Two that's, weeks. That's not Give me $2. That's not enough words to be a quote. It's just two words. Two weeks is not a quote. Two weeks is the 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 uh, the weird prosthetic head thing. That's very. I uh, care. Yeah, of course you do. Yes, have some. <laughs> All right, yes, have some. I'll accept, but two weeks I won't accept. You guys sold me on the yes, have some. That was funny. Um, Up above average. Remember Chris Pine. <laughs> but he <laughs> says whenever they were asked how long something was going to take. Just like the contract, the contractors in the money pit. First thing I thought of when I heard the topic of stairs was Tom Hanks exuberant and tearful, saying, "We have stairs." When he discovered that he no longer had to climb up and down a ladder to go from his kitchen to his bedroom. <laughs> actually, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it does actually. Do you guys? Uh, the money pit is Tom Hanks. Is it like Shelley Long or something? Yeah, Shelley Long. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Huh. And it's yeah. just them remodeling their house. It's a movie about that. Yep. Yeah, repeatedly. Right. Okay. Then they keep breaking it because they're dumb. <laughs> so pour more money into it. All right. So Brian Kent's number one. I'm guessing he's going. He doesn't number them, but I'm going to just call his number one. I feel it. I feel it breathing on me. Ah, good one. Wait, wait. wait stairs. stairs in it though. I mean, I get there's stairs there, but. So, Go ahead. Yeah, what is Brian? Paranormal activity. Speaking of staring, he spells it S-T-A-R-I-N-G. Maybe this will get me arrested since you sometimes can't really see the stairs stairs, but I've never stared harder at a staircase <laughs> as much as I stared at the stairs. All right, Brian. As much see? as I stared at the stairs to the doorway <laughs> of Katie and Micah's bedroom. Is it Mika or Micah? Um, oh, gosh, that's a good question, Dingus. I don't Maybe think Mika. Mika is ever a thing. Isn't it Micah? I don't, I don't think know. anyone named Micah. I think ever it's Mika. Mika? Mika? What? What? I think it's Beach Girls. <laughs> uh, so back to Brian. Brian Kent says, did I just see something move out there? What was that noise? Is something coming up the stairs? Can I blink? So I actually kind of like that. Good job, Brian. I would not have thought of that. Uh, next we have Keith Lee. Readings. 
I done quotes for these. Number three quote, share the load. The winding stair of Surith Ungol in the Ooh. return of the king. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> anime, for English, anime for English people. All right. <laughs> this is the pivotal scene in Jackson's 13-hour early naughties opus. opus. Early opus. naughties. Early naughties? Yeah. Uh, 11 hours of preamble and build-up, a terrifying close-up of your man from the Goonies' mouth as the words <laughs> share the load boom. And a couple of hours tying everything up, and the viewer wonders if anything will ever be the same again. Uh, Keith Leak's number two quote She had these great thighs. This is from oh, yeah. Jacob's Ladder. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I was just thinking about someone. Never mind. What? It's ironic uh, that there's a that, a that his pick for stairs comes from Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, I nominate yes. Ladder. This film saw. McCall- I'm not gonna know. Nice. Oh, nice. He got pulled over before he could even get it out. Ha ha, Keith Leith. You can wait. keep your ladder. You can keep really? your ladder for your prison escape, Jerry. <laughs> Wait, he didn't really do that. He tried to pick a ladder, and Dingus didn't let him get away with it. He got pulled over. Yeah, Dingus, uh, Dingus, so prevent, Dingus prevented a crime. He didn't even have, yeah, it was like prevented. It was a pre-crime. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you can choose a ladder for our favorite ladders, and you can get yourself out of jail doing that. <laughs> really, there's that few stairs. Like, ah, gotta do Jacob's Ladder. Keith Lee, like number one, quote, do it, do small. Do small? What the? Uh, so Keith's number one is from True Lies, the set of wooden steps in the Florida warehouse that performs a secularist cult of terrorists with an Uzi soundly defeating the stairs from the exorcist. And Keith, these are just words that you're putting together. The deadly stairs final by eight fluttered zealous to number one attaboy set of steps. Keith. He mentioned Wait, the she... what? Oh, I... Well, he mentioned the Exorcist stairs. Finally, right? That's yeah. the one that I had Talking to boot about... off. Like, I can't believe the fact that this topic didn't oh, have room walk. for the stairs from the Exorcist. No, oh, the, she, that the priest where falls she's going down. down upside down. Oh. No, that the priest falls out the window, and when Father Karras uh, has the demon go into him, and he goes out the window. This is that famous set of steps in Georgetown. This is narrow yeah, stairs. Oh. And uh, you know the walking upside down down the stairs. Well, there's that. I mean, but that's the deleted scene. But there's the there's this famous landmark in Georgetown, which are those they're known as the Exorcist steps. That this narrow set of stairs uh, that early on someone dies at the foot of the stairs, and then later on Father Karras kills himself by throwing himself out the window, and you see him tumbling down the stairs. Uh, But that's a famous landmark is those super narrow stairs in Georgetown that are by the side of the house. Keith Lee prefers the set of wooden steps in the Florida warehouse. That's great, but Keith Lee is in jail, and I don't think felons are eligible to pick number ones. Eligible. Eligible, good. Arthur Jovangeli, number three, Inception. Oh, all right. Yeah. The Penrose Stairs. Is that what they're called? Penrose Uh, Stairs? Right. That Arthur, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uses to defeat one of Kelly Murphy's cognitive security guards. Arthur shows Ellen Page the paradoxical stairs when he demonstrates how to cheat architecture in the dream world, and it's cool to see these impossible steps 
come in handy when Arthur is in a pinch. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, Escher stairs. Right? right, right. It's no interstellar, though. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur, it's not like walking upstairs. Arthur's number two, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. There are several oh, yeah. small sets of stairs within the mines of Moria that the Fellowship must traverse as they endeavor to escape the Balrog of Khazad-dûm. Some of these are incredibly narrow, without railings, and suspended over bottomless pits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The set that stands over the most, however, are the stairs that Aragorn, son of Arathorn and Gandalf the Grey, briefly pause on during, during this scene. Gandalf tells Aragorn that he must lead the Fellowship, and when Aragorn protests, Gandalf gives the great line, Do as I say. Swords are no more yeah. use here. Although he says, he fly, you fools. Yeah, he also uses sort of the ball right after that. Glamdring. <laughs> Why are you laughing at the name of Glamdring? That's not funny. I'm uh, laughing at the way Kelly says, <laughs> It's something a nerd would say and did. Just uh, that's my, the thing that that's what it was actually named. It's not a joke. Its name right. is Glamdring, not Orchrist. Or Sting. Sting. What's or what's Nino. Aragorn's sword's name? The one that's broken that he has to fix. Narsil. No? Yeah? Narsil. Sweet. See how good I am at this? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Arthur's number one is in Bruges. The uh, old wooden spiral staircase within uh, the Belfry of Bruges a staircase that factors into several great scenes. Brendan Gleeson first climbs these stairs to see the view from the top, while Colin Farrell sulks on a bench below, and both (laughs) Gleeson and Farrell separately try to advise a group of morbidly obese American tourists that they probably shouldn't climb to the top. Later on, Rafe finds and Gleeson climb down these stairs after Gleeson has been shot in the leg, until Fines learns that Farrell is still in town, and then he shoots Gleeson again. All right, those are good stairs. Good job, Arthur. I didn't think of that. Uh, next, that we have we have Scott Wagner, or it could be Scott Wagner. I don't know. Uh, there are an awful lot of options for this topic, so I've decided to narrow it down a bit by focusing on movies with shots looking either up or down stairs that wrap around the four walls of a stairwell. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Number three. Where are we? Looks like we're in the teens. When we get to 20, tell me. I'm going to throw up. Ah, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghostbusters. All right, Scott. Good one. After arriving in style with full police escort and enjoying the adulation of the cheering onlookers, reality sets in as our intrepid heroes begin a long climb of a rather picturesque set of stairs en route to the final oh, showdown. Of very nice. And that music's playing. It's all boom, 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 boom. It's like the dopey music. <laughs> Ghostbusters music. <laughs> uh, Scott Wagner's number two. The staircase in the climactic scene of Vertigo looks great. From the first shot through the doorway and the ground floor to the final overhead shot looking straight down and every shot in between. Hmm. That Hitchcock guy knew what he was doing. He really yeah. likes stairs. And the 39 steps. <laughs> and Scott, Scott Wagner's number one. Well, not as pretty as the stairs in number two, or even number three, the stairs of the chainsaw-dropping murder in American Psycho garnered the number one spot for me. 
I don't I don't remember this. Okay. He drops a chainsaw on the woman who's getting away. Down. Is it is it Kara Seymour too? I think someone might. Be. Yeah, she's getting away from him, and he just drops a chainsaw down the stairwell, and I think it kills her. Right? Like it oh. impales her or something. I don't remember. Right. But yeah, it's uh, him just it's him just flinging the chainsaw down the stairwell. And how does it keep running? So it's yeah, chainsaw. He, he he removed the little safety that turns it off. Right. And think, I'm sure there's a scene earlier in the movie where you see him taking that off. He files away the firing pin on it. Like the torpedoes in Hunt for October. I thought you were saying um, like torpedoes in Fe- uh, Fate of the Furious. That's the more pertinent torpedo movie these days, Dingus. When The Rock <laughs> kicks a torpedo away, that's all you need to know about modern torpedo technology and Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. Scott goes on to say, The off-kilter, non-rectangular, quadrilateral shape of the staircase, as well as the slowly rotating camera, in the shot, looking up at the titular psycho as he looms over the top railing, make these stairs fit particularly well in a movie about a madman. Right. Mm. Good pick, Scott. Thank you for sending in, Scott Wagner. What's the movie where, is it Deadpool, where somebody repels down a stairwell and is spinning? Oh, maybe it is. Oh, you know what? I think it's in Shoot 'em Up. There's a dippy part where uh, Clive Owen repels down a stairwell, just shooting a gun off the whole time, and he's spinning around. Oh. And he conveniently like picks off everyone along the stairway in time with how he's spinning around going down the stairwell on a Oh, road. it is a Statham. Is it, it a is Statham? That. Is that what that's called? <laughs> like an, a Statham? Remember when Statham in the mechanic resurrection was in a boat and spinning around and like <laughs> no he would shoot wow. at him when he was facing the other way and then when he the boat spins back and he's visible then he shoots them they're like what like they should have the advantage like just keep <laughs> shooting he's got to keep turning around but he's acting like ha ah, i tricked him in a boat you have no answer that statement was a wily one <laughs> yeah he resurrected hard I just remember Jason Bourne falling down the stairs, but I don't remember him shooting people. All right, so uh, next we have Chris Brawley. My three picks for best stairs and steps in movies. Three, my dog barks some. Mentally, you picture my dog, but I have not told you the type dog, of, uh, the type dog which I have. Perhaps you might even picture Toto from The Wizard of Oz. Uh, David Lynch's uh, twisted road movie, Wild at Heart. Mm-hmm. Did you know that, Kelly? Did you say that? Yeah, I did. I did. It's Jack Nance saying it. I think. Okay, can you tell us about the staircase? Because there's a he- there's a, like a paragraph here, and I can't read the whole thing. Do you know what the staircase remember. is? Oh wait, it's the beginning. He's at the uh, that club in L.A., and he a guy tries to kill him. One of Diane. <sighs> wait, what's her name? Who's well, the bad guy? I don't know. Mordern's the... mom. This is the Diane Ladd. On a staircase of an opulent casino at Cape Fear. The man pulls a knife on Sailor, and the movie soundtrack abruptly switches from Glenn Miller's In the Mood to guitar driven heavy metal. And then he points at the uh, Diane Ladd. Like, I knew it was you. And then he gets taken into prison for the first time. Right. He says, it's, Is it Isabella Rossellini you're thinking of? No, it's Diane Ladd. Diane Ladd. Okay. Uh, so Chris Brawley's number two stop swinging the bat put the bat down Wendy and Stanley uh-huh. Kubrick's The Shining yeah, sure right. yeah. 
Good one. Jack Good one. Torrance is played by Jack Nicholson, and he has spent the several weeks writing his novel in a massive room located in the hotel. His wife, played by Shelley Duvall, uh, who I always think is Shelley Long, which Kelly loves, um, uh, uh, makes the mind-shattering discovery that he has been typing day after day upon hundreds of pages. Oh, so this is when she swings the bat on him. And isn't she walking backwards, like, up yeah. the stairs? And uh, yeah. Good. I'm not going to hurt you. Wendy, darling, love of my life, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to beat your fucking brains in. Wow, it seems like a dumb thing to say to a woman with a bat. Well, he's, like, he's demon-possessed. He's possessed by ghosts at this point, so. Ghosts aren't like, known for their protocol. He's like clueless. Uh, so Chris Brawley's number one. What is best in life? To crush your enemies, to see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentations of their women. <laughs> what is James Earl Jones' best movie? <laughs> Where he turns into a snake. That would be uh, Hunt for Red October. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he plays like Jack Ryan's boss. Doctor Strange right. Love. And he says this great line, Jack boy. I love the way he talks. All right. So anyway, um, I don't know where the stairs are in this. The, my favorite stairs or steps are those featured at the outdoor temple of Set, which had 120 steps and are featured oh, in the one. final scene of the movie. Tulsa Doom. Is it called Tulsa or Tulsa? Tulsa, Dingus. It's not like Tulsa. Oh, my God. Get in it. He probably didn't even know that Narsil was Aragorn's sword. Yeah, very good point. Oliver uh, the film's villain. Tulsa is, Doom. It's portrayed yeah, by Tulsa. James Earl Honest. And <laughs> Jesus. He is confronted by Conan. Uh, Tulsa Doom says to Conan, Tulsa What would your world be without me, my son? Repeating as he grabs Kanan's shoulder, Kanan seems to be in a trance, like the one Tulsa Doom's cultist followers do. And then he suddenly lifts his sword and proceeds to hack off James Earl Hunnis' head, holds it up for all the cultists present to see. Then you hear Look, flops. Just because Indiana Jones has a state name doesn't mean Tulsa Doom is, is named after a city in Oklahoma, Dingus. Right, good point. These are fantasy words. It's a whole other universe. It's the Hyborian Age. Exactly. Thank you, Kelly Wand. It's the Hyborian Age. All right. So next we have Eleni Savageau. Ooh. Yeah. I'm just uh, Eleni. If I'm saying your name wrong, I totally apologize. You have an awesome name. That's uh, we the part have, is it E L E N I? Yeah. Awesome. I think that's a, yeah. Okay. Awesome. I think it's Ooh. Greek, if I'm not mistaken. All right. And I might be saying Savageau wrong, but I just love the way your name looks. So, all right, Eleni Savageau, if I said it wrong, please forgive me. Um, Alex thinks I should submit these since I thought of them immediately, and he has yet to think of one. <laughs> Number one of hers is Jawbreaker. When they throw all the flyers down the high school stairwell to embarrass that fern girl and sexy boy by air is playing. What is Jawbreaker? It's Rose McGowan, Judy Greer, Amanda Seyfried, and oh, not Amanda Seyfried, Rebecca, Rebecca Gayhart, and um, uh, uh, Judy Greer. What kind of movie? Is oh it? yeah, and, uh, the girl from Dexter. Dexter's uh, girl. She was Dick Carpenter, Jessica Carpenter. It's like a Mean Girls kind of movie. Yeah, it's a mean. It's like a lamer Mean Girls. Oh, lamer Mean Girls. I'm impressed that you came up with that many names, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Am Greer's in it and Judy Greer's in it. All right, I'm sold. I'm sold on Judy Greer. 
fuck, forget the name of the Dexter girl. The one John Lithgow kills. Is she the, the one... chicken in uh, the Rambo where he he? Uh... Yeah. Oh shoot! What is her name? Dag Nabbit. I know who you're talking about. Okay. Even if She's I can't think a... of her name. Yeah. Uh, while you think about that, we're going to go to Eleni's next one, which is Death Becomes Her. Oh, I thought of this one. Yeah. When Goldie Hawn or Meryl Streep falls down the stairs and breaks a bunch of bones but gets back up and fixes them. CG. Very good. And then finally, Eleni's uh, final pick is Labyrinth. Final standoff between Jareth uh-huh. and Sarah where their surroundings look like an M.C. Escher drawing. Bye. Yeah. That's how Bowie fights. <laughs> Alexander Burns. Hey, ding-dongs. Uh, <laughs> He's talking to you guys. <laughs> yeah, he is. What? what did he say uh-huh. that we hadn't seen Kelly? We owe oh, the ding-dongs who haven't seen Raw. That's what, that's what he called us two weeks ago. Oh, that's, right. that's very that's hurtful. Good. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? Uh, here's three gangster picks for staircases in movies. Number three, Layer Cake. Before he was Bond, Daniel Craig played an unidentified cocaine dealer in the movie Layer Cake. While I don't enjoy this movie the same way I did in early college, I'll always remember the shocking ending in the staircase. Uh, Alexander Burns, number two, Untouchables. Happy Father's Day, Dingus. (laughs) I wish I'd done that before saying that. Thanks, Alexander. I appreciate it. Uh, For my second choice, I am choosing my dad's pick, the Union Station Shootout in the Untouchables. Palma isn't my favorite, but I respect the dude's craft. Scene is overly dramatic with slow motion and stringed instrument score, but still a pretty cool scene. Do you know who does the stringed instrument core for um, Untouchables? Ennio Maracani. Very good. Tom. Age. Oh. Uh, Alexander Burns, number one, The Godfather. What? One of the five oh. assassinations that takes place during Michael's son's baptism at the end of the movie is on a large stairway outside the courthouse. I forget if the assassin is a corrupt police officer or just a gangster dressed as one. Either way, I absolutely love how the policeman takes his time lining up the shot on one knee. Oh, yeah, okay, good. Uh, with his pistol and uses his other arm to steady his aim. His target is fairly far up those grandiose stairs, and he is on the bottom near the street. Stairs aren't that important, I guess, but the scene is great. Till next week, Alex. The Godfather is kind of like a grandpa movie that's after its sell by date. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I'm, where to begin. I mean, I'm sure. Have you seen point, it? Yeah, I'm sure it was great at a certain point in history, but you know, we're past that. Are you high? <laughs> what are you talking about? It's the greatest fucking Godfather. Movie. The thing with Marlon Brando is a doofus, and there's oranges. Marlon He's Brando is a doofus. Marconi. What? Uh, have you seen the third one? Maybe it'll put things. In I do like Godfather Two. Godfather Two, I'm into. Because it's before Pacino's just completely off the rail. But otherwise, eh, they're over it. Fine, whatever. And Sonny, you don't like uh, James Caan? No, not really. James Caan's best work is in Bottle Rocket. You don't like Vagoda as a teenager? (laughs) I don't. I'm afraid not, because he's a comedic actor, really. It's really a uh, bad casting. You don't like the horse? Mm, I've seen it done better. Hmm. Go ahead, Chris Markinson is next. Oh, Chris Mark- move on yeah. to Chris Markinson while you guys go through the cast. <laughs> the Godfather. Godfather detractor Tom Chick. 
Chris Markinson. Hey guys, here's some stairs of note. Number three, American Psycho uses a naked Christian Bale, a chainsaw, a terrified prostitute, and several floors worth of stairs to make a pretty interesting scene. Mm-hmm. Chris Markinson's number two, The Fellowship of the Ring. Jesus. I really did like the stairs that the Fellowship used to get the bridge of Khazad-dum as they try and escape the minds of Mariah. So I don't – that just makes no sense that dwarfs in a mine like set up stairs that way. Like why – what – why don't you just yeah, like make a funicular or something? Or maybe the rest is already line. gone. Maybe the monsters ate the other rocks or what? Or they because mined they, it out. They like working stone, and it's more fun to, to carve stairs. There's just so much, even in the Battle of Five Armies bits, which that movie's awesome, where they're in the smog layer. There's so much of it that's just architecturally. Fuck that shit. It's architecturally implausible. Dragons love stairs. They're so much fun to climb on for dragons. Balrogs like oh, the dragon move. It's a dwarf house, but the dragon moved into it. Duh. It's not like Smog <laughs> built that, you know. It's not he like was he, he was sublet. Yeah, exactly. He didn't. He didn't have the house built. It's not his. He's, so it's for, yeah. Wait, he brought the gold there, right? And how did he's he bring a, gold? He's a squatter, basically. Talons in a dwarf house. But was their gold all just piled up? Like, yeah, I just put it on the pot. Well, he he would go out and raid some and bring more in. Like dragons, he doesn't just sleep the whole time. He but sometimes goes out and brings gold home. Bags. Right. How did you bring your just, groceries in, Kelly Wan? Yeah. How did I imagine him just poop? He just poops it out. He goes and eats all the gold, and he poops it out. I don't think that's an accurate portrayal of Dragon Call. I like Call. to sleep on it. It's a weird choice for bed. Chris Markinson's number one. Her. What? There's, there's a cool scene where Theodore is sitting on some stairs in a stairwell and is talking to Samantha. During the entire conversation, there are people walking up and down the stairs, and you can hear their footsteps in the background as the two characters talk. I'm not remembering that scene, but I bet I it is cool. It's most thoughtful of any of them that I think we've chosen. What about the ladder, Jacob's ladder? <laughs> I'll take that pick over the Godfather, by the way. Uh, Chris, Webb's, Chris Webb's choices now. I hope the topic was use of stairs, because that's more interesting than what the stairs look like. Also, that's what I did. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Sassy. See? He's like a hidden figure. He's like you, because n- number three, during the final battle in the classic movie Surf Ninjas. <laughs> yeah, that's like me. One of the bad guys is knocked down stone steps that span the entire side of a mountain, tumbling all the way to the bottom. Eventually, he climbs back up while the battle's still going, and when he gets to the top, he is knocked down a second time. Later, if the battle's finished, the good guys have won, and everyone is celebrating. The bad guy crawls to the top, only to have the protagonist go over and tell him the bad guy's lost. So he rolls himself back down the steps. <laughs> Number two for Chris Webb. In the motion picture, Ten Things I Hate About You. Jesus. David Crumholds and JGL. <laughs> Who's JGL? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Thank you. Make flyers advertising a party at Bogie Lowenstein's house. <laughs> Their method of distribution is to stand at the top of a staircase at their high school and toss the stacks of paper into the open middle part so that the papers flutter out the grasping hands of the students on the staircase below. Uh, takes me back. Chris Webb's number one. Also in 10 Things I Hate About You. Jesus. This Julia, is taking me back again. Julia Stiles is in the middle of soccer practice when Heath Ledger starts singing 
can't take my eyes off of you over the PA. We see that he's standing in the bleachers, the kind made of cement that have that are really giant, just giant steps. Hmm, is that allowed? Security guards chase him as he runs up and down and back and forth on these giant steps. Finally, he is caught and given detention, which you might get. Uh, he later escapes detention because Julia flashes her yeah. knobs at the teacher. Uh. <laughs> this would be my pick. That gets him out of detention. Yeah, well. All right, that evens out. Off you go. Fine. Quick runner-up is that only Kelly might have picked. I just watched The Tenant for the first time. Yeah, The Tenant. Ah, oh, that's a good one. Shit. That's the better than building is pretty cool. All right, take off Untouchables. <laughs> he, calls you K- he calls you K-Dub. Yeah, that makes sense. K-Dub will tell you. <laughs> K-Dub. Also, congratulations Wait, on 400. Thank you, both Chris and Chris Markinson, for uh, making it clear that this is our 400th episode. Jesus. Is it? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, there's some numbering weirdness for like stand like episodes where I do an interview or something. But yeah, as far as the official numbering, uh, Wonder Woman is our 400th episode. Remember the Oscars one? <laughs> <laughs> Does that one count? <laughs> oh, the conversations we had about the difference between sound engineering and sound editing. Uh, those were the days. Oh, those were the days. So <laughs> Chris <laughs> Webb says. Here's to doing this for the rest of your lives. Cue the Kelly groan. Uh, <laughs> I hope my life's almost over. Chris Webb can play you like a fiddle, Kelly Wand. Yep. In the movie? <laughs> Gal Gadot yep. can play me. She's about as physical as you I am. Did, for, we just did a, two hours of Wonder Woman talk, and you can't pronounce her name all of a sudden. Gal. <laughs> Perfect name for a Wonder Woman actress. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, all right, runners up. I can't believe no one except in his little aside. Uh, was it Chris Brawley? I forgot. Someone. Oh, no, no. Keith Leith in his verbal torrent tsunami there uh, mentioned Exorcist. Otherwise, nobody uh, picked the Georgetown stairs for Exorcist. What the heck? Verbal well, torrent tsunami. Wow, Tom. Father Karras is already falling before he gets to the stairs. So I just saw it as part of the fall. Like he's already falling down the building. So now he's just going down more shit. Yeah. But it's a whole classic. Like, whatever. They, Look, they did. Yes, go ahead, Kelly Wand. That was it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, other classic. Somebody was talking about leaning on stairs, and it just made, reminded me of Remains of the Day, and that staircase with oh, yeah, that little yeah. doorway. The landing there, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Secret blue door, yeah. And also, when you were talking about the carrying, um, it reminded me of carrying down the staircase in Children of Men, and that whole thing where everybody, all the soldiers are so quiet. Oh, yeah, 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 right, right, right. Amazing, quiet moment where they're going down and down and down the yeah. stairs. Uh, in also the, stay stay close to the uh, candle. The stairway can be treacherous. That's from uh, Ian Frankenstein. I could tell by the voice you were doing. Of course. Yeah. And the and the level of the joke. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, all right, other runners up. Is that it? Are we good with stairs? Good with stairs. Right. That's what it says on my resume. Next week's 3x3, 
if you would like to contribute, we are recording this on June 19th. Oh, uh, if you would like to contribute to next week's 3 by 3 or if you see the movie Transformers Last Night and you have some thoughts about it, send those in to 3x3 at quarter3.com by June 25th at midnight Pacific. We'd love to read your comments on the air. Also, feel free to participate in the 3x3 by sending your picks to 3x3 at quarter3.com in a separate email from your careful analysis of Transformers The Last Night. Make those two separate emails. And next week's 3x3 will be your favorite laughs. Now, we uh, just what inspired this, we saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and <laughs> Dave Bautista's laugh as Drax and especially Kelly Wan's rendition of it were delightful. I loved those, so I want examples of that sort of thing, whether it's the specific laugh, like Dave Bautista did in Guardians of the Galaxy, or the specific timing or the role or the place the laugh occupies in a conversation or an exchange or whatever. These are just your favorite laughs, whether it's a type of laugh or a moment of laughter. Uh, send those into 3x3 at quarter3.com. We would love to read them on the air. We hope that you will also see Transformers the last night with us. For the record, by the way, Dingus and I, Transformers Age of Extinction apologists, right, Dingus? Ugh. Oh, yeah. Kelly Wand. Oh, my God. Kelly Wand, stick in the mud, Transformers naysayer. We'll see how the score uh, turns out after uh, next week's Transformers the last night. I think it's a Transformer. That's a terrible Wahlberg. I loved your Thewlis, however. Yeah, his Thewlis was great. I'm on Fargo as well. Is that true? Yeah. He's the Billy Bob <gasps> Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, okay, stop talking. You've made me finally want to watch Fargo this season. Sweet. All right, awesome. All right, so it was – oh, okay. For a minute, I also wondered wow. if maybe he was in Transformers the last night, but that would be too good to be true, right? As his character in Wonder Woman. He transforms. <laughs> I would be okay with that. So join us for that next week. I'm Tom Chick. I have been here with Christian Armorinsky. Arm, it's Christian Morosky. Exactly. And we had Kelly Wand. Hey, uh, Aquaman's blonde hair was seen by the superstitious Atlanteans as a sign of a curse they called the Mark of Cordax, Paul. This is also my astrological sign, Paul. I swore an oath to keep it secret. This lie has kept apocalypse at bay for hundreds of years. We were afraid if the Queen's heart was destroyed, you'd lose your immortality or die. That wasn't your choice to make! Uh, Vin Diesel is my Wonder Woman. Oh, I am both frightened and aroused. <laughs>